love it when all the pressure's down to me. No time. No space. Just me. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and whatever in betweens to the Big Screen Podcast. I'm Theo Stokes, and I'm joined by... Will Templar. Woo! What are we doing today? Oh, Theo, that is an excellent question, which I do not personally know the answer to. Could you please explain to me what we are doing today? Mayhaps the Spider-Man franchise? Hmm, that seems a bit long, Theo. That, that, that does seem a bit long. Perhaps we can condense it into a short, smaller package. How about the MCU Spider-Man films? I mean, if I'm being pedantic about this, technically the Sony Marvel Universe, but since you did say the MCU, I suppose you can get away with it. Yes, why not? Let's do that. But Theo, what does the MCU Spider-Man consist of? Well, a lot in of the Tom MCU, Holland. a lot of Tom Holland, a lot of Tom Holland in Zendaya. Yes, I am not oblivious to what we're doing today. We are doing the MCU Holland trilogy of the Spider-Man uh, movies, of course. He appears in Civil War, he appears in Infinity War, I think, and he appears in Endgame for sure. Uh, but we're not doing those three, we're doing homecoming we're doing homecoming no far from home far from home no way and no the home yes. trilogy yes so at the start of like this time last year i had not watched a single marvel film right and then i got into it and then i've watched it all in a row this guy this and then guy. now i've literally done what three four uh marvel <laughs> reviews on this channel so you know yeah you know progress now i have to defend myself a lot because on, on twitter i see a lot of people say oh MCU and superhero films aren't real movies and I think fuck off they are film they're, they're, in the right hands they can be masterpieces and in the wrong yeah. hands they can be utter trash yeah because I've seen like tweets say like you know like regular people quote unquote regular people like non-fans don't know any um, MCU directors because they're not distinguished because all Marvel films look the same and I can understand that because I couldn't tell you who directed The Incredible Hulk and Captain Marvel for example they could be the same person they could not be I, I wouldn't know but I think to dispute that everyone surely everyone knows who James Gunn is right and can tell his kind of style because he doesn't just do the MCU you know yeah he has he has a very distinct style yeah. And it translates to whether it's DC, Marvel, or even his own independent projects. There's a uniqueness to it. Exactly. And uh, oh, what are their names? The Russo brothers who did Endgame and Infinity War? Yeah, the Russo sure? brothers. Ah, there we go. Yeah, they're they're very distinct. You can tell their style more than uh, anyone else's. But my, the original point, the reason why I brought this up is I was trying to lead on to you being more of an MCU fan than me. Isn't that right? Yeah, I do like this in MCU. Mm. So <laughs> like, I, I understand comics, its right? flaws. Yeah. Uh, I know most of the... Well, I say most. I know the comics that the films reference more or less, and I've read a few comic series in my time. <laughs> in my time. Says in my the, time. Says the 18 or 19-year-old. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've read a few comics in my day. Never tell about comics. Just got the cigar in his mouth. Back in my day. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a bit shit now, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this might be a bit weird for recurring listeners because we did say for the last few episodes uh, that the Home Alone franchise review would be our last 
um, as I said on Twitter, I don't think that would have been fair on Theo, uh, who had literally only just joined the podcast, so I would give him more time. We'll keep this going, but like a reduced episode count. So instead of like the weekly thing that we used to be doing, uh, during Series 1 and Series 2, we're now going to be doing one episode on the final Thursday of every month. And there's, there's no particular reason why um, each movie uh, franchise review we're doing is associated to one like i know spider-man this month makes sense because no way home came out last month and with uh what's it called we're doing a franchise and when that franchise comes out oh jurassic park we're doing jurassic park and then literally the month before or that month the new jurassic world comes out with chris pratt and then towards, to our madness oh just 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 trust yeah. us on this <laughs> and then towards the end of the year uh, we've got a halloween review coming out like halloween franchise and that'll be consistent with the release of the probably despicably bad halloween ends i hope, I hope uh so yeah we have no guests today we were gonna have one but uh theo here doesn't like guests he's like fuck the guests yeah, wait, what? <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, no, wait no, a no, minute. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, fuck your guests. Uh, fuck the guests. I'm um, your guest now. I'm yeah. captain now. <laughs> yes, you are. John Watts' trilogy. Indeed. Feel. How many of you, these have you rewatched, like, for the purpose of the podcast? Well, I only got around to Homecoming. <laughs> yeah, likewise. I, I, where, where, how do you even watch far uh yeah far from home because i i've watched it before right and i don't know how because i assumed michael may have given me like the dvd like posted it to me but then i added it around sorry it's on disney plus mate (laughs) no it's not not anymore well far from home far from home is not on disney plus anymore and then i googled how to watch far from home on google and it's not on it says it's not on disney plus so I, I assume I, I watched it on Disney Plus wrong. <laughs> before, but then they've removed it because of a Sony deal. Or so, that's what I've read. If, oh, yeah, I'm, if I'm wrong, I'll retract it. But I no, I'm actually curious it. now. This is not like a point of. I'm just actually kind of curious now because if it is, that's really weird. Mm, like I know Homecoming is only on Netflix. Homecoming's not on Disney Plus either. Oh wait, it's the Sony oh, deal. Spider Man's on here. Yeah. Oh. So are you, are you on Disney be... Plus now, right? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Bloody hell. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have on DVD anyway, so we're oh. <laughs> Great. Well, I wanted to watch it this uh, this afternoon, uh, but I didn't get around to it because I had no way to watch it other than a torrent website, and I thought, I can't be arsed. Damn. Amazon's... Uh, not Amazon. Um, uh, Amazon. Uh, yeah, Sony. What the hell? <laughs> Give us Far From Home. Yeah. Like, home... how did you watch Home come in? Uh, that was on Netflix. Oh, uh, okay. Surely that must have given you, like, a hint. Like, why is this on Netflix, not Disney Plus? Well, I thought, like, because they used to have some of the Marvel films on Netflix. I thought it was just, like, because it was Spider-Man season, I thought they, like, shelled out for it. Because right. I noticed they've added all the amazing Spider-Mans and all, like, the um, Spider-Man Ra- Rami ones. Yeah. Wow. Rami? Rami? So, we've both seen Homecoming first. <laughs> and... um do you I've seen it far from home enough. I've seen it quite a few times, so. Uh, okay, I've only seen it once, and uh, likewise with No Way Hope, I've only seen that once. And I was at a dead cinema screening, but we'll, we'll get there. So, Homecoming. All right, well, you're flying with an expert. <laughs> oh, yes, um, but Homecoming. Uh, what are your, like, just general thoughts on Homecoming? Have they evolved over time, or is it just around the same kind of opinion than last time? 
Well, I was, I believe I went to see Homecoming in cinemas mm. because I think every Marvel film after Guns of Galaxy I saw in cinemas. So I'm pretty dead certain I've seen Homecoming in cinemas. And I watched it a couple of times when obviously it came on DVD and stuff. Yeah. But rewatching it yesterday, as, as we're recording this yesterday, mm. I found myself almost forgetting like some scenes happened. Like I almost completely forgot the opening. Because oh, I was watching the opening, yeah. I was like, wait, why is there damage control? Wait, why is Spider-Man just in the hallway of his school? Mm. I got really thrown off because I couldn't remember anything. And then he got to the deli, and then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, wait, I'm starting to remember now. <laughs> but the whole, like, ten minutes, I completely forgot existed. So, like, at the tower and, like, the construction and, like, trying to uh, recover all the memorabilia and stuff. So you oh, yeah, that. But it was great. Like honestly, I've completely forgot. But watching it back, that that was a really good opening because it was, it wasn't different. Like Marvel films have done this before, where they open with like a different scene mm. or like a different character, and then the MCU credits roll. Yeah. But it was just a good setup for um Victor Tombs. Mm. Victor Victor Tombs. Tombs. I know his name's last name's Tombs. Uh, I just say flying guy. Vulture. <laughs> the vulture. Yeah. Like how I call uh, what's her name Laura as not Adrian, <laughs> Adrian Toomes. God damn it. Adrian Toomes. Okay, but yeah. As for me, I didn't like it the first time I saw it. I thought it was quite. Yeah, I I found it quite mad because it come after like such hard hitting like adult movies such as oh what I come after Civil War, Doctor Strange, and the brilliant Guardians of the Galaxy two. Right. So when I got hit by you know Tom Holland's very high voice compared to like oh I am for the the son of Odin I was like son of Odin. yeah I, I I can't back this guy that sounds a bit mad but um no I can I can't back the performance just because but you, you know it, that's if you watch it chronologically not chronologically like in release order I know you're very pedantic about that you're even writing an essay about it uh, but yep. like on its own right I really like it and in retrospect like uh after watching no way home and seeing how i guess you could call it a trilogy but I, is it really a trilogy it's just three movies so people call it a trilogy what if the full film is? i call, is it, the, exactly? I call it the home i think it's the home trilogy or it's the high school yeah. trilogy because spider-man as a character which i think this first film looking back on it as you were saying mm. it really i think it gets spider-man quite right yes as this like yuppie like energetic mm. like kid who just wants to do good and he just wants to like help as much as he can yeah. whereas with the latter films he obviously got a bit more serious but then watching this one after knowing what happens in no way home and stuff it's like it's kind of refreshing because I, 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 I just i forgot yeah. i forgot how much of a spider-man this year somewhere how much of a spider-man movie it was because yeah. i grew up with the raimi and the web um trilogy and oh, uh, i you Oh, I just love them. Even though I would, I don't rate them highly, mm. especially the web series. I still love them. Like I'll yeah. watch them any day. Yeah, yeah. But those are quintessentially Spider-Man for me. And we watch, and I never saw the MCU Spider-Man as mm. a Spider-Man. But now I look back on it, I'm like, yeah, he kind of got it. Like he's not the mm. best, because what I always say is that Toby's the best Peter Parker, Andrew's the best Spider-Man, and Tom Holland uh, yeah. is the best middle ground for I both characters. Say that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But he's better than I gave him credit for. Like mm. he's actually like I could actually see him being a young. It was a bit hard with the other two because they were obviously adults. But yeah. I could see this one being a teenager. Yeah, and it was it was 
It was nice. I was actually like, wow, a Spider-Man that's actually a teenager for once. That's mm. normally in shows, he's like an adult or something. And I was like, that's quite cool. Yeah, and to go off of that, like you said, it's definitely a Spider-Man film. A lot of people have this like criticism that I've never understood on both the times I've rewatched this. I've watched this, should I say, not rewatched. We watched it once. Is that the Iron Man element? A lot of people saying, oh, the next Iron Man is not. It shouldn't be a thing. It should be just Spider-Man. And I just rewatched it yesterday, and I thought this isn't an Iron Man film. Like No Way Home is a Doctor Strange film because I would definitely consider uh, No Way Home quintessentially a this is unfortunate considering the spectacle of No Way Home a Doctor Strange movie I would say because all the plot the plot uh, connections are all based off of Doctor Strange Doctor Strange is the instigator Pierre Parker is the one who just lives through it all and that's why I would say Doctor Strange has more of an impact over that film than Iron Man has over this film because like when I was watching this I was like Spider-Man is his own person, right? Uh, Iron Man comes and goes, but even at the end, where he's like, oh, no, I don't need this suit. I don't need to be in the Avengers. I'm just going to walk out here. Was this a test? And then he leaves. I was like, it was this meant to be like a big moment where he was just like, fuck you to Iron Man. I'm my own person because personally, I didn't need that. Like, it was a great moment. I would have it included in the film. I really like that they acknowledged it. But personally, I didn't need it, you know. I still, I still got yeah. behind Tom Holland as Spider-Man, and I think from the films, the other Spider-Man films that I have seen, uh, which is only two actually. I've only seen Spider-Man One and Spider-Man Two, uh, the Tobey Maguire ones. Haven't seen any of the Andrew um, Garfield no. ones. We need to get you on that. I'm going to sit you down and watch those. You have added a lot to my watch list. <laughs> I, I I'm a bit more. Oh dear God! But yeah, I just was curious about what you thought about people criticizing the whole Iron Man uh, inclusion in uh, Homecoming, and to an extent, uh, Far From Home. You know, if you would ask me a year ago, or even maybe two years ago, what I thought of it, I'd say I hate it. I, you know, you know this about me. I'm not the biggest Iron Man fan. I never really liked him. Watching it back and knowing, having a retrospective of what happens in No Way Home, I know I'm going to say that a lot, but knowing what happens in No Way Home, Homecoming is not as Iron Man as I remember it. But the bits he's in, I think, are great, actually. This film gave me a new appreciation for Iron Man as a character and his relationship with Spider Man. Every time the, um, if you're nothing about the suit, that every time that scene, even if I'm not watching, if I just look at that scene, I still not resonate. But I just, it's such a good line. Yeah. And it just so, it makes so much sense for Iron Man's character and Spider Man's character. Mm. And everything they talk about. And it, and also, Iron Man is funny in this. I normally don't really yeah. find Iron Man that funny, but he's funny in this. Like the hug thing. Exactly. The, the if like, if Cap wanted to let you out, he would. Which I also love when they back each other up behind their backs. I quite like that. Yeah. Even uh, the, I wanted you to be better. Mm. Like that line is just giving me a new appreciation for Iron Man and Spider-Man's relationship and dynamic. And I think that really or, flourishes oh. in and blossoms in Far From Home. You know, the Edith thing and stuff like, like him having to... Mm, we'll get to that. <laughs> First, I will get to it. I don't want... I, if I talk about it now, then I'll go on a massive ramble. But <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, I don't hate it, but we'll get... You'll, I'll make my, uh, yeah, I'll sure, make my sure. statement on it. But uh, in this yeah. one... I think, yes, a year or two ago, I would have been a big, oh, he's Iron Man Jr. And 
I have a lot of criticism still with the dynamic, but it makes sense for the MCU. And in this film, it wasn't as bad as I remembered, and actually, I quite liked it. And I think a lot of this is to do because we are revisiting this film after the trilogy, so we know how everything kind of ramps up. So now we can really appreciate the time it took for the character at the start. Because I definitely, this is definitely the one that kind of uh, understands Peter Parker and like the uh, the character the most from what I've seen because um, it takes a lot of time in the school to like establish his friends his enemy what's his name Flash Flash Thompson Flash Thompson he, he, he's, uh, he's a dick <laughs> I love uh, I love Flash's character but he's not the strongest in this one he's a bit of a weak bully in this one yeah, if you've seen the Raimi films that's that's Flash Thompson <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a typical cocky bully you'd see in any high school film so it's no surprise to me that the creators of this film actually subjected themselves to like high school movies in order to develop this one I did find it interesting that the writers didn't develop some sort of love triangle between Peter, Laura and Flash uh, but that was a welcome surprise and broke the formula a bit because I was like Hmm. At the party, for example, when uh, Tom Holland goes off, when Spider-Man goes off, Venus Parker, Venus Parker. Yeah. yeah, like that. That was the extent of where it went to. But what if, like, he started flirting with uh, what's her name, Laura? But Liz. he didn't do that. Liz. That's the actress name's Laura, but the character's Liz. Ah, that the character from the comics. I'll have you know. Yeah, so what do you think of Flash and like the high school setting, I suppose? I think the high school setting worked quite well and it really lended itself to making me believe that this was a high school Peter Parker. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's weird because I wouldn't say this film's a, like, it's not phenomenal. It's not the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the best Spider-Man film by far. We'll get to that later. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the best one later. But okay. this, this one's still good and it really does because the problem I always had with Spider-Man the Raimi one mm. uh, is that when he's in high school it doesn't feel like he's in high school it feels like he's an adult just walking around a set mm. where in this one it felt very real like, like the little details of him having like the chemistry set in his desk making the web fluid and how he had like his box with his old suit under the lockers yes. like just little details like that just go a long way in selling me that like yeah he goes to this high school and he's not just like here as a set piece like he actually is a student and I, I do wonder how long he could have got away with like nobody trying to lift up the lockers some dodgy things happen in high schools and secondary schools I wouldn't be surprised if somehow a situation occurred where someone lifted up the lockers no one probably question is the MCU, let's be real. Okay. Uh, the Flash as like the bully, like he doesn't get uh too much screen time, which I kinda like I like the actor yeah. and I kinda like that he did a new spin on Flash, being more of like a lame, hmm. rich like rich person as opposed to just being like the dickhead that he normally is in other Spider Man uh, media. Yeah, to be fair I didn't think he was developed enough to really kinda get that impression because I even when he was driving around in his dad's or uncle's or wife's car, I was like, oh, so he's got a bit of money, but I didn't really see him as like this rich person or like the son of a rich person. He didn't have that kind of swagger. Like, I suppose that's just the aura that Tom Holland gives off, you know, because even when I was watching it and when you were watching Tom Holland, I never got the impression it was like, this guy's a geek, which this film obviously tries to portray like he's a geek, he's a nerd. 
but it's Tom Holland. You can't make him into a geek. So I guess that's like a criticism technically, but it didn't really bother me. Like, it didn't really grip me into the world that he's meant to be this kind of super geek spelling person. You know what I mean? Did you get that impression? Yeah, I understand. Like they try to make him geeky, and at some points it did work for me. Like when Ned has the um the Emperor. And he goes like, oh, "We will build our Lego Death Star." Yeah. Like, and then he turns around excited. Like that bit was believable for me. I was like, "Oh, that's like, that's 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 Peter Parker." Yeah. But then there wasn't enough of that really. But there were subtle no. things like like when he's complaining to Ned about being put on the training was like he's jumping on the bed like a little kid would when they're frustrated. And there was like a few little niches that I kind of appreciated, but I couldn't really see him as like a nerd. I could see him as a teen. I just couldn't really see him as like a big nerd because he looked. Like, he dressed way too... Not cool, but, like, that's not a way a nerd would dress. No. Like, we just expected him to have, you know, the Star Wars hat and lightsaber and his bag or something like that. Well, not even that. Like, it's weird because this Spider-Man film has to be an origin film, yeah. but not. Because this is after the Spider-Bite. Like, in all the other films and trilogies, they have the, um, the kind of upper hand of having to go through the, like, he has to take off his glasses because he can see. He's going through, like, he was a wimp and now he's strong and muscular. Mm. And, like, because that was really sold it in the other films was, like, he went oh, from I, being I, this, like, skinny wonder, little dork to then this buff alpha male. Yeah, I, I wonder how many people <laughs> actually got pissed off, like, watching this film. Because, like, they have no prior knowledge of the MCU. They just went into this film thinking it's an origin story and was like, well, where the hell's the spider bite? In all the crowds that, like, I followed and, like, all the influences and even me, I didn't mind it because we've seen the Spider-Man, like, I could tell you beat for beat the Spider-Man origin story. Yeah. Like, every little detail because I've seen it so many goddamn times that I didn't mind that it was just a passing reference of, oh yeah, I got bit by a spider. The spider's dead, Ned. Like, I, I, yeah, I, a bit of me wants to know where the hell that spider came from because, like, what the fuck? That's just, like, this is where? I mean, the Doctor Who explanation is that the 12th Doctor gives this kid medicine. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> but Cracking. It's like, other than that, it's a little annoying. Like, yeah. just a kind of... I want to know, like, even if it was, like... It's not Oscorp, because Oscorp doesn't exist in this mm. universe. But, like, even if it was, like, a Stark thing, or, like, he made a passing reference, I would have been fine with it. I'm a little peeved at the Uncle Ben stuff, but, as I said before, it, he kind of retrospective Aunt May is Uncle Ben. I can't see it as Aunt May. And I know that's, like, the big criticism, is that, like, the actress is way too young and stuff like that yeah. to be Aunt May because I'm used to have you seen the um, Aunt May in the in the Raimi Spider-Man I probably have not no to me that's Aunt May because she's and oh, she's really I'm, old I'm and Aunt that's Raimi, yeah. that's my view of Aunt May is like this old wise oh, course, yeah. old wise woman who's like caring loving but knows when to when enough is enough and like when to put a foot down whereas this Aunt May felt more like Aunt May felt like a grandmother almost, and this Aunt May felt like a cool stepmom or something like. Yeah, but hot like, Italian in it. Yeah, there's a level of that, and God, the out—well, not the outrage, but the, the praise that received. But <laughs> like that aside, she was a decent Aunt May. She gets better as like the films go on, I think. But in this one, she was just kind of a. Uh, she was an alright character. When he says to the shopkeeper in Spanish, "How's your daughter?" So I was gonna say the comedy in this film. It's very hit or miss for me. Really? Like, lines like that, like the, how's your daughter? And, um, I'm watching, um, 
porn like oh, those yeah, lines that was weird. <laughs> like those lines i still think are funny and they're good and they hit yeah. hard but then there are some that i'm just kind of like yeah that wasn't really that funny it, it strikes me as like non-conventional mcu humor because it's a very it's very uh, kiddie well not kiddie yeah. but like it's more like millennial Mm. I, I was just going to say more, you know, subtle, like the hug scene you mentioned earlier. Like, that's not a, oh, look at me being so funny moment. That's a, you know, just a little quick. We're not there yet, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that's funny. Can but I still. Non Zendaya. Uh, what, Liz Allen? Indeed. Uh, have you seen that clip where she's on the red carpet and Laura, who plays Liz, tries to put her arm into Tom Holland's, like a couple woods? Have you seen that clip? send that later <laughs> I need uh, to see that uh, but basically Tom quickly reacts and puts his hands over the shoulders of both her and Jacob Batalon who placed Ned before asking where's Zendaya <laughs> yeah I know it was like Laura was absolutely panic and, and it's like it hurts to watch but it's equally funny and it definitely is one of the reasons why I call her non Zendaya uh, she's like the love interest before we actually get to the love interest we actually care about yeah. especially nowadays see Liz Allen is an alright character she yeah. serves like she doesn't she just serves the plot and she goes for an amazing twist well I assume we'll talk about the villain uh, uh, in a bit sure. like because I have some things to say about the villain in this film <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but like Liz serves the plot decently enough she's nothing special in my eyes but she does serve the twist very well yeah the special spark that. is with Zendaya 100% like far from him one of the main and also, of that is Zendaya and Tom Holland's chemistry Zendaya's MJ is different like she's unique well yeah the only really other one we had was um I can't think of the actress name Kristen Stewart no um <laughs> whereas this MJ Zendaya's MJ has got personality she's actually a cocky quick-witted mm. like introvert extrovert like I, at I, some I point she can be real like she can really control the situation but then other times she doesn't speak up yeah she's very clever like i love how zendaya's obsession is portrayed in that sense like even more so in retrospect like we know what's coming like she puts mm. herself into positions that she wouldn't be in normally but always has an excuse for being there in the first place to get the attention away from her having some sort of affection towards, you know, Peter. She's really well written. For her, I don't want to say the little she's given because like June, for example, there she's given really little to do. So she's got more to do in this than that in hindsight. But um, in the grand scheme of things, she has very little to do. But I guess that's fair because there's another love interest and there is a villain and more importantly it is an origin story so spider-man has to come first um so when tom gets changed into the spider-man costume did you get a stiffy um how old was he in this film oh wait no 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 2017 uh no i did not he would have been about 23 i think 24 he says he's 20 years old Oh no, 20. No, he no. was 20. Oh my god. <laughs> Tom so Holland is the youngest. I was like, he's 20. Now there's no way. I think he's like 28. Wait, film eight, 19 years old. Sorry, I've got Google up because I need to fact check myself because I don't want to. Plot twist. He was 17. <laughs> he was playing the role of a 20 year old. Law enforcement. Oh no, he was 20. Okay, he was 20 year old. Wicked boys. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> My heart dropped. I was like, oh god, it's the end for me. I'm getting cancelled here. 
No, Tom. So we've defined Tom Holland is okay to get a stiffy over. Um, oh Jesus! But yeah, I, I was thinking like the women is, and the homosexuals will love this, but me, I was just in awe with how easy it was to get in and out of you know, and of course his appearance as well and whatever. Um, he's a very handsome lad. Yes, but you know Andrew question, Garfield, but he's very handsome. <laughs> Andrew Garfield in Doctor Who like has girls <laughs> by the on, on Twitter. <laughs> but um Andrew Garfield can have me any day. Oh my god. Okay. Um <laughs> Bruce yeah. Styles, have we told you about it? <laughs> to the point. <laughs> if he comes to the end credit scene in the next Spider-Man film, I might I might lose it. Oh god. <laughs> I'm I mean, as, as a Harry Styles fan as yourself, I would be pretty pissed off if he's reduced to another, you know, post credit scene. Like surely you want him to <laughs> film. No, I, I only ever want him to be in the end credit scenes. That's I, uh, I just, want just him like to two be. minute uh, <laughs> That's all I need. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah back to the point I was saying about the costume like the whole appearance thing jokes whatever but the, like the costume was it really that easy to get in and out of you know like um, it was all one take I, I think and okay. it got out of his clothes and then into the costume really really quickly like in about 15 seconds in a one continuous take and I thought Jesus like not a single struggle in getting it on Either that's, it's well, edited, that's just impressive. That's just impressive. Exactly. Like edited strategically, or the costume is just really simple, or a lot of practice, or two of them, or or three of them. So yeah, like you said, it's really impressive. Yeah. What do you think of the suit? Like, what what do you think Which of the suits one? in this film? Uh, uh, we'll go the, go for the um the homemade the one is the best. <laughs> oh, homemade is so good. Yeah, the, I love the homemade one. Best um, homemade suit of any Spider Man, honestly. Yeah, I I love the little goggle things that he's got, or like the. Oh, and it's just a hoodie. It's just a hoodie and tracksuit. It's great. Yeah. Um. So I really like the fur. I think there's like two different design, like proper designs in this film. There's one before, and then there's one at the end, towards the end, when like he reveals yeah. it. Right. Oh, that's the that's the Iron Spider suit, but technically he doesn't wear it in this yeah, one. God, when we get to Far From Home, that yeah, no, yeah, two. when we get to Far From Home, that's going to be a hell because he wears like twelve. <laughs> yeah, there's two different types in this film. There's one that he wears for the majority, and then there's one towards the end that is a new one. And the one at the end, I like, but I think it's definitely more, you know, CGI special high tech. That's the Iron Spider suit. I don't mind it because that's meant to be uh, yeah, Iron Man's. Iron, that's maybe the Iron Spider. If you know the comics, the Iron Spider suit is very. It doesn't look a thing like that, but I okay. get why it looks like that because it's meant to be a suit designed by Iron Man, which yeah. this one is as well. Like the main one in this one, mm. but it's still Spider Man. Whereas the Iron Spider, I can, I, I know why that CGI. But I guess if you don't really, if you're not really familiar with the Iron Spider character, because he's a whole different Spider Man technically. Mm. It, it gets weird, man. <laughs> Read We're the comics, you can just pass. Yeah, no. I know. I'm not really, like, big into the whole costume, like, taboo, because some people, like you, the MCU stands or whatever you want to call it, like the yeah, diehards, yeah. you'll be like, oh my god, it's so close to the the comics, I'm going to have a immaculate uh, ejaculation to this accuracy. Like, I'm not like that. I just think, <laughs> sure. But, like, I really like the moment... Oh, I like to clarify where I'm a Spider-Man fan first. Okay. I'll, I'll watch any Spider-Man film over any MCU film, to be fair. Nice. Okay. I think the Raimi trilogy is god-tier television. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not huge on, like, costume talk, but I do like the moment where it's, like, loose and then it tightens it up for him. 
I thought that was something they were, you know... Very clean. Exactly, it's very clean. So, yeah, what did you think of the Spider-Man 2? I guess you're more suited to answer this question. Um, Whereas it is quite accurate, like, it has the typical red and, like, the red and blue, which is typical of all Spider-Man costumes. It has some, like, the highlights on the belt, and it has the um webbing and the i'm not so big on, i'm sorry i'm gonna get to a lot of detail here. Okay. i'm not so big on the spider icon i got three looks... films to review today <laughs> all right i'll get this done quick i promise well we got, to, we got yeah, time. time we can make this like a 10 hour one right oh god <laughs> yeah sure so the spider-man logo itself on the chest piece i'm not a big fan it looks a bit goofy for me mm. and the suit has grown on me i was still in the phase of like it's just spider-man Ju- it's iron man jr that i didn't like the suit but now I look back on it it's like yeah it was actually a decent suit like mm. yeah it looks good it does the job it's not in my top 10 maybe well it probably is in my top 10 kind of thing as well how many spider questions are there <laughs> in the films just wait until we get to Far From Home friend <laughs> that's gonna be a fucking nightmare <laughs> oh we're not gonna see the costumes in that one dear Christ but this one is decent I'll, I'll, I'll stop yammering on about it but the, the suit is decent in this one um, serviceable indeed what did you think of like the whole because we've established well the film established of course we're just talking about it uh, but that he's a high school student or whatever uh, what did you think of like the style where he's vlogging like to me I, I get why like they're trying to really establish and hit home that he's not like this fool or Captain America figure or whatever but I just felt like how he was like vlogging during the airport like battle in Civil War as established in this film i didn't like that particularly like i get it it's fine but i uh, is it fine no i i'm not sure i like the vlogging vlogging in like like, a battle i like the vlogging except when he vlogs the battle yeah like i like it when he's like leading up he's like oh i'm in a i'm in a car i've got my new suit and like the afterwards when he's all excited but the actual fight bits itself i thought looked a bit shit yeah like the vlogging the flashback scenes were a bit shit but um speaking of shit looking things can we talk about the jumping like the jumping effects uh, it didn't look clean to me like it looks very ironically jumpy you know it didn't look smooth yeah the swinging in this one is not top tier it's like a, I'd say it's bad to be honest like you're, you're, well, you're, with, you're flying with a Spider-Man connoisseur here my friend okay. uh, it's, it's no Andrew spinning like Andrew God only you watch the Spider-Man films with Andrew Garfield it's the swinging because it's so goddamn amazing mm. and Raimi's is debatable <laughs> it's right. debatable but this one's decent and they have fun with it like they have the poem where he's in the park and there's nothing around him so he just starts running that I think that I might have laughed at that actually because that still gets me is that the scene where like the AO let's go advert music goes on uh, no that's the montage bit no this is when he's chasing the van and, oh, he, and then he's like and then he shoots the web and then it shows you when he's in like a golf park and there's no trees around him so yeah. he just starts sprinting through the golf thing and that really cracked me up oh and he says oh this sucks <laughs> like yeah come on man run just Let's like run <laughs> that was that was pretty good but the swinging itself was decent it was a bit uh, rubber bandy that's a negative let's talk yeah. about positive uh, when it comes to the direction I really liked the scene where Ned finds out Peter is Spider-Man 
It's really well directed in my opinion from like the longish continuous shot of Spider-Man, quote unquote. I don't know how to describe him and like refer to him as because it's like if I call him Tom Holland, that's like a safe option. But if I call him Peter when he's in this Spider-Man Peter. suit, will people be annoyed at me for saying uh, Peter not Spider-Man? Uh, well, I'm not annoyed. Yeah, if, like, if you're not, it's, it's, screw you. <laughs> like, Peter. like, we. I think uh, we're we're all adults here, guys. Yeah, like, come yeah, on, yeah. we we all know that Tom Holland is Peter Parker in real life, and that Peter Parker is Tom Holland, and Spider-Man is then there dressed as Tom Holland. Like, we all know this. We all, we all know this. Uh, but yeah, the shot of Spider-Man crawling across the ceiling to coming down, shutting the door, and then the looking back to Ned, who then drops his Lego. It was really well done. Um, oh, the pain. Oh, the pain when he dropped that Death Star. It's like the, and the cutaway too is like so impactful. It's like, oh, you are going to see this close-up shot of this dropping to really emphasize why I'm so shocked and angry that was with a- you. That's such a great scene, but as a man who owns a Lego Death Star himself, that exact oh. one, when it dropped, ah, oh, it's the pain. Since we were um, literally shopping for oh. Lego the other day, or yesterday, in fact, <laughs> yeah. I can understand <laughs> But it's like, oh, I love that scene. Oh, uh, so is that, that is a banger of a scene. Yeah. I forget that scene, but ah, oh, it's the pain when it smashes on the floor. And then they do it in No Way Home as well. I'm like, no, stop, stop, stop. Are you minty? Yeah, I'm minty. Uh, your input is gone again. What have you done? Oh no! I was uh, I was playing Spider Man. <laughs> uh, can we please confirm with your newly found good input? Are you feeling minty? I am minty as I come. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not proud of that one. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can, I, can that be struck no. from the record? No, no, no. You, <laughs> you can try again better next episode. <laughs> Any yeah, is stunning. Don't, don't worry, guys. I'll get a better minty. I'll get minty fresh by next episode. Don't worry. Yeah, you'll just come if you like. I'll just you're, come. You're, yeah, you'll just come. <laughs> just leave it there. Yeah. But we are both filmmakers. Kind of we? filmmaking students, <laughs> we're like the uh, we're the next up and coming. I'm the next James Cameron. You're the next. Oh, I don't know Christopher Nolan. Actually, yeah. swap. I want to be the next Christopher Nolan. Who's who am I now? James Cameron. <laughs> who the fuck is James Cameron? He directed Titanic, and and got to Drew Kate Winslet nude. That guy's winning in life. Um, what else? Avatar, shit, Titanic, oh. decent, Terminator, great. Yeah, okay, you did Aliens. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take it. I'd rather be Gore for Lin- uh, Verbinski if that's all right. Sure. sure. I'd be Gore Verbinski. But yeah, we want filmmaking. We want filmmaking now. This film is incredibly made. Uh, you have some brilliant stunts, money shots, and I was particularly impressed with how the eye lines always matched, despite like the slightly unconventional and therefore tricky to edit shooting style. Like specifically, I thought the film had a lot of wide shots from behind yet each angle started seamlessly together no matter how and what character the attention was on I it didn't stand out to me no so that means it was good <laughs> like if i wasn't sat there going wait that's a bit off then that means it was good <laughs> yeah no, yeah, yeah but <laughs> yeah, it's really like the shots and i thought that must have been a pain edit together and like there were some really different way angles and I thought you know what I wonder how they do it and then I just no, tried to notice for the eyelines and I thought this is top notch because it's such a unique style uh, how it was shot and directed in my opinion so yeah I, I tried noticing out for that and they got a spot on from what I saw so yeah 
Woo! Woo! Uh, so, Theodore. Yes. The chipmunk. Thank you for referring me by my Christian name. <laughs> no problem. Did your parents name you after the chipmunks? No. I was supposed to be called William. Ah, so you were meant to be me. Yeah, I was maybe William, but when I was born, my mum was like really torn up and like in distress. And she looked at me, and apparently she just started crying, went, He doesn't look like a William. <laughs> <laughs> so that's quite, fun. That's, quite, that's quite funny to me. Well, so you just come up, and she's like, This kid is not William. She's like, just sat there bawling in tears. Just, this kid doesn't look like William. So she just gave birth to you, looked at you, and just cried. <laughs> Basically, not in yeah. happiness, but in distress. <laughs> That's how I came into the world. <laughs> I was going to be William if I was a boy, or I was going to be Sophie if I was a girl. Imagine breaking that to your kids. Yeah, son, I cried when you were born. I think most mothers do, to be fair. I think mother, most mothers and fathers, because childbirth is a magical thing. Not for those reasons. No, not for it doesn't look like a William, but maybe like as, as a beautiful happenstance of nature. This looks like a Theodore. This one. That's why my dad just picked me up and went, this is a Theodore. <laughs> I can just imagine like a scene from like the Lion King and then he just raises him, himself up at the sun. This is Theodore. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, everyone at Bath, NHS, loves it when my dad just started going, it's Theodore. Uh, but you need to recreate that. <laughs> just with your dad. What? It's, it's I, you being at my mother's birth? No! You're oh, being like the Lion King. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like I need to reenact my mum crying oh. because I'm called Will because I'm not a William. Um, But yeah, I, I didn't really like the moments where Peter spoke to himself in order to fill in the audience with what was what. Like he was on top of the truck and he's like, oh, it must be da-da-da. And I was like, this feels like it's been pulled out of the Chris Chimnall script, you know? And that's not a good thing. This looks like a shut the fuck up. <laughs> exactly. Like, you didn't need the dialogue. Like, because uh, I was thinking I was going to write this down for my notes and, like, say it in the podcast. And I was like, okay, I got, you know, uh, come to a conclusion as to why. And then I just thought, when they eventually got round to having a conversation with, quote unquote, Karen. That hasn't aged well, considering Karen is now a yeah. middle-aged, angry woman's name across social media. But he has a conversation with the absolutely titled Karen. And um, I guess if you're having conversations with her, and this film does, they have conversations. And that's more of a natural way to like rattle off exposition, not just saying to yourself, oh, it must be da-da-da. Like, I don't go onto Twitter, and I don't see someone say... Uh, boxing sucks I didn't say oh it must be Jake Paul you know what I mean I don't say that That's you'd say that in your head but it's just ways to route off exposition and the only way this film does it right is and many other films is like a, having a two way conversation and the fact that this film could have done that like from the off not from the off but when you know the activation stuff was all done and he didn't really need to speak to himself after that point and he did a couple of times, like two or three times, and I didn't think that was needed. Do you get what I'm on about? Do you know the scenes? Yeah. That kind of goes over your head. A bit of needless exposition, but then they made up for it by introducing Karen, so it kind of made sense. So, like, when he was on the tower, he and Karen was like, what's wrong, Peter? And then he'd turn around and go, I've never been this high before. Like, it kind of made sense why more he was talking, because he was talking to Karen. 
but before Karen when he was talking to himself I thought it was a bit odd yeah but um, you did want to get to the villain stuff I'm pretty much there so uh, slip me in Theo slip me into this debate right (laughs) (laughs) Michael Keaton Michael motherfucking Keaton it's great is fucking amazing yeah I love Vulture if, if it wasn't for No Way Home uh, man would he be the one of the best Spider-Man villain like the best MCU and Spider-Man villain in my opinion I've, oh, I love still love Jake Gyllenhaal but we'll get to reasons I have problems with him oh okay but Michael Keaton's god he's such I don't it's hard to describe he's just such an amazing character yeah he's got reasonable motives the whole getting dicked over by Iron Man thing and then that becoming a running joke mm. of like uh, every every villain's Iron Man villain makes sense but he's still a Spider-Man villain he still is fighting Spider-Man and everything when he finds out about Peter mm. like Peter is Spider-Man when they go to prom well, not not Vulture and Spider-Man go to prom I mean um, <laughs> uh, Peter and Liz <laughs> not, yes. not that, that would be a bit weird but I, I everything in, about, yeah. in that car scene oh. I think is phenomenal I'm so glad that, you mentioned that like the red light yeah. green light the, the good old pal Spider-Man and the way you start calling him Pete yeah. just, oh, the, little, the little things like the, the tension things. built up like a proper thriller would like a thriller slash drama an excellent exceptional piece of drama slash thriller and that feels like torn oh. exactly out of that and like the tension the build up the Leo looks in the mirror, the Tom Holland reactions, the sweats, the lights reflecting off his face to show the sweats. I just feel incredibly directed. And to link into this, I just want to mention it now because we are kind of on this subject. The pace of this film is superb. Like, I know it's about halfway through that we went from one scene to the next, to the next, to the next. And in each scene, there was a different kind of plot. There was a different kind of character exploration slash development a new you know location whatever and at no point did it feel like we needed more time with any of these things or less time i think they absolutely nailed on with also the transitions i think the music transitions were fantastic like i'm just saying they're fantastic because they weren't like exceptional like you wouldn't see this in any other film but what i'm trying to get at is like it could have so easily been done wrong but this film does it so seamless it really changes pace not changes pace but goes from one thing to another so quickly and it never jars and a lot of films do jar if they try to like balance a pace that this film tries to balance and it does exceptionally and like it has no moments where the film just you know breathes really like even the tension scene and like the villain scenes like those are the only two like moments plural that I can really kind of get behind and back the fact that okay they're taking a bit of time here naturally because like people are going to want a solid villain story so naturally we're going to have to spend a few minutes with the villains some films don't do that some films do it shit this film does it okay I don't know about your thoughts on the villains but again uh, you can say after but it's like the pace exceptional and like that scene in the car brings it all the way back down to earth while still maintaining that pace if that makes sense so there's not a moment wasted it's not like death stare for a minute and it's weird like in no time to die for example 
it's like always a little something always a little technique and i just thought exceptional forgive me for going on that tangent let's go for it mate i've i've gone a few tangents myself i say if you got one run run it yeah yeah what what were you gonna say what were you thinking about well circling back to michael keaton Mm. um that obviously you've just went on a massive tangent about it and a well-deserved one phone shut up i'm busy (laughs) um (laughs) the the car scene is honestly like phenomenal in my opinion it's so well paid to be fair anything everything from the twist in this film yeah. like as soon as the twist comes into effect anything from that beyond that point and beyond i think this film is fantastic mm. like from that point on i think everything afterwards is great from the prom scene to the, even the iron man scene like it's and even the vulture the fight scenes like it's just good it's well written well paced as you were saying yeah and the CG doesn't get in the way of it for me. No. It's, th- that's the thing. The Vulture costume, I was going to mention this, it doesn't... Re- it feels grounded to me. Yeah. Whereas the Iron Man costumes, as they got on, they got a bit more CGI. Like, in the first Iron Man, you can kind of feel how heavy it is. You you know it's, a like, a big mechanical thing. It, it felt like Green Goblin, you know? It, yeah. I really had that vibe with it. And, I and every it. time, every time he landed, like, the subtle, like, it wasn't a smooth landing. No. It was like a rough, like crashing into the ground. It was very rigid. The movements weren't so smoky smooth. It was like rigid, like <laughs> movements. Yeah. And it really sold it as being like, yeah, I could actually maybe see this guy in not in real life, but like I could see this average dude in this bird suit in this universe. Whereas with the Iron Man suits, it kind of gets to a point where it's like, well, it's now just like it's just nothing. It's like basically he's just wearing like nothing. It doesn't feel like he's got a suit on, but they smash the vulture suit in this. And, like, the green eyes adds for some great, like, not scary, but, like, oddly oddly spooky. Yeah, yeah, intimidating, like, spooky shots where you just see his head pop up. And it's like, that's kind of freaky. And even the claws, yeah, like his talons, like, even that was a bit like, ooh. I don't like the thought of these talons, like, piercing into, like, Spider-Man's back. And yeah, I, I, one I scene and sequence, should I say, where it kind of was weird it was on Stark's plane when they were outside and the plane was like flashing multicolors that was the one scene where I thought yikes the CGI here is quite terrible but other than the plane exterior sequence and the jumping and like the swinging and whatever like you touched upon it there the CGI on the whole is fantastic and the costumes are fantastic and generally it's a really well made film what would be your standout scenes in this then because for me it would be you know Tony getting out of the Iron Man suit to confront Peter and then Peter makes that quirky comment and then he says no this is where the adults do their talking you shut up that was a really good moment Uh, if you cared enough to actually be here and then he steps out like oh yeah and then the scene where he's you know pursuing the criminals in the van and he's by you know the oh, what do you call it the petrol station and then he does like the taser web and then it lights up the the petrol station as the guys are chatting in the van oblivious oh, yeah, trying to calibrate the shocker's gloves <laughs> that was hilarious and then also the boat scene where he's like whipping it all together and then he says yay for spider-man and then it just breaks apart it's like 98 percent efficiency 98 snap oh that was a perfectly timed moment yeah <laughs> just 98 
<laughs> but yeah, that that those would be my favorite moments. Any different ones to that for you? Well, we we talked about the car scene. Obviously, that's I think the highlight oh, of, of this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, surprisingly enough, I quite like the um advert montage, like the hey ho let's go I don't hate I actually, it but I just think of the advert <laughs> yeah I like that I actually quite like that song like blitzkrieg bop but mm. I like that scene because that's Spider-Man like doing little chores for the community like helping a woman find directions getting a bike for a dude like yeah. that's Spider-Man like he's just nice and then obviously another great scene in the latter th- act three of this film is when he lifts the concrete and he looks in the puddle and the reflection uh, the reflection of, and then like the the mask and stuff because the way he shifts from like help help I'm stuck down here to then him like pushing it up like it's oh it's such a simple like solid thought, moment yeah it, it was solid initially and then I, it got kind of mad to where he was like standing up and these clearly incredibly heavy piece of metal were on his back I thought okay maybe if he That's lifted it up Spider-Man. and then kind of wriggled out that would be better but then he's just standing there with metal with massive metal on his back and I just thought yeah that's Spider-Man like and the thing of the MCU is that like, yeah, like we have the Iron Man Jr. thing and in that scene he's asking for help he's like help help I don't think I can do this and then the Spider-Man moment when he realises that he's got to you know great power comes <laughs> like he lifts the concrete and that's the scene from the comics like countless yeah. comic panels of him lifting incredibly heavy things I but think I have actually seen moment. comic strips of that yeah but just that moment and then like the reflection is a beautiful shot like yeah. that shot is gorgeous hmm. but yeah my final kind of note for this film and it's a bit of a tangent but uh, the point will be there uh, Tony mentioning that Peter's task was a little below the Avengers pay grade uh, I found that quite funny and I offer some sort of explanation as to why they don't always turn up um, something I do want to mention here quite wayward is the BBC series Baptiste uh, again I have a point just indulge me for a second it follows this retired detective it's a fantastic full series show if you include The Missing, the show where it was renamed or span off or whatever. Uh, but the creators realised that if they kept producing series for it, then Julian Baptiste would be like any other detective, like ruining his uniqueness and personal storyline. So decided, like the showrunners decided to finish it off after that fourth series. And my point is, people criticise the explanations as to why the Avengers don't turn up, but the explanation I have is that they need to try to fi- if they tried to fix every single interplanetary threat, the special factor would be diminished, in my opinion. So sometimes the quote-unquote lesser guys take the mantle, like the Eternals, and quite rightly so, because the oh, Avengers nice. aren't always there. Sorry, that was a that was just that was a bit of a bit of attention deficit so I just I had a bit of a moment there sorry oh, what the hell was that <laughs> when you said um, the little man I, I remember that he said you gotta look out for the little guys so I just went look at <laughs> <laughs> sorry my, I my brain has just exploded after that but yeah sorry I, I don't know why I just sorry, to the some, listeners I hope you got my point there um <laughs> <laughs> that's why I gathered from it little guys so feel. <laughs> or what are you sorry should I say I'm sorry bring it back run in <laughs> bring it back bring, bring it back run in, in you're fired <laughs> what <laughs> no you I'm can't joking. do this to me <laughs> do you know what I sacrificed 
do you have any final thoughts on this film before we get into the audience interaction and conclusions and scores um overall this is a really good film that's a conclusion really uh, do it's you have a... any other like notes or whatever i know you have um, notes which is like general not general that was, that was just a note it's just a really good it's just that's it it's just a really good film okay <laughs> that's a note <laughs> that's a note okay uh, so before we do go into the conclusion and the scores it's time to do the audience interaction section ah. and we've been recording this one review for so long that homecoming that's been playing in the background ever since we started has actually finished and that's now yeah. in the credits I can hear that. I can hear hey ho let's go <laughs> we have been recording for quite a while on this one film so I uh, get along boy <laughs> are you okay is this a cry for help no mate there's a long one <laughs> I'm, I'm down for it <laughs> okay. like obviously yeah like, like the recording here because obviously you see the other two but like when you edit it keep it all in oh, keep it, make it a long episode let's give it like yeah. five hours Alright, so earlier today I put out some tweets uh, for Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way Home and this is the audience interaction for Homecoming on Twitter and then we'll go on to Letterboxd the convention of the what we always do. So Jamie who was originally going to guest on this episode but Theo said I hate you and I hope you die. Uh, I, he said <laughs> I didn't say that <laughs> No, 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 of course uh, oh, Okay, boy. so Jamie said I think it is fantastic I love this different take on Spider-Man and I love how it shows what regular life is in the MCU. Michael Keaton is phenomenal and I stan Ned. I know some people don't like how reliant Peter is on Tony but I personally don't mind as it shows he's still inexperienced and he does defeat the Vulture without Tony in the end and Jamie gave it a 9 out of 10. Then Dark Sonic aka Toby said really like it. It was refreshingly modern, and that's really great. I think it shows the youthful side of Spider-Man better than any other adaptation. The scale is big enough not to bore, but small enough not to overwhelm slash feel unrealistic for an origin movie. And he didn't give a score, but that is a very fair assessment. Assessments, actually, from both Jamie and Toby there. And then Michael Wilson, former co-host, had this to say. It's a mess. Spider-Man is an independent science genius nerd, not a simping fanboy who falls over his own feet. Again, he the whole <laughs> like the whole film. Again, this is I alluded to it earlier. Like I don't get the impression that this is an Iron Man film because Iron Man doesn't save the day. He saves the day maybe once when he does the ship. But the point is that the whole arc of the story is that Peter is doing the right thing in his eyes over and over again. He's the being the adventurous one. He's the heroic, should I say, heroic one. And the only one time that he actually fucks up that Iron Man has to get involved with is when the ship is falling apart. But even then, he, you know, did 99, no, 98% efficiency and whatever. Like, he did try and busted his ass off. So I, I don't get the point that he stumbles over his own feet. Maybe rewatch the film, Michael, especially with the hindsight of No Way Home. Because, uh, like, I really liked it. I really liked this film this time around. I think it's structurally sound. I had a blast with it so yeah I would suggest you rewatch this because there wasn't a time where I thought damn this is Iron Man's film like No Way Home again I do think that is a Doctor Strange film more than anything but there we go uh, but yeah back to Michael's point uh, sorry Michael I was just like trying to prove that you're wrong there <laughs> 
nothing changes uh, but I said the action is comparatively weakest of any Spidey film and the only great moment is the feat of strength lifted straight from the comics uh, so I think you mentioned that you know the metals I'm guessing he's on about the metal scene here the the strength yeah, when yeah. he lifted um, yeah straight from the comics that's what Michael had to say um, as for Letterboxd I'm just going to get up okay so Mario Bowser 494 aka Jamie gave this a 4.5 of course 9 but this is out of 5 on Airboxd uh, Theodore Stills gave it a <coughs> Clacker the Geek gave it a 3 star Will Templar gave it a <coughs> uh, Marvel Man aka Michael gave it a 1.5 well, I was going to say 1.3 out of 5 there no 1.5 out of 5 3 out of 10 that's what I was trying to get there he gave it 1.5 uh, Andrew gave it a 5 Hellis or Helis gave it a 3.5 Joey Ellis gave it a 4.5 Anik Renik Designs gave it a 5 star Bigfoot Anon gave it a 4 star Helen uh, underscore S gave it a 2.5 star Jack Burton 1234 gave it a 1 star Harry Membry gave it a 3.5 star Jane gave it a 3.5 star George Papa gave it a 3 star Gabe gave it a 4 star Dan Z1 gave it a 2 star Matt Hall also known as Matt Whelan gave it a 3.5 star Roman Wallace gave it a 4.5 star Ben gave it a 4 star 8 Bean Soup gave it a 4 star Cole Oakley gave it a 3.5 star Joe Decon gave it a 4 star and Bradley E gave it a 4 star Theo why is your score out of <clears throat> I mean 5 my score out of 5 I've got to do the math in my head now um, a score is a 7 out of 10 a 7 out of 10 interesting well we don't do out of 10 Phil is it, I, I'll give you the benefit wait. of the doubt since we haven't recorded for a while no, 3.5 3.5 out of 5 awesome so it's a strong start for the Spidey trilogy for you then yes yeah I, I would agree initially I thought it was a 2.5 on my first watch uh, then I rewatched it with the hindsight of No Way Home, Far From Home, Other Way Round, should I say. Um, and I, I did really enjoy it. This film on its own is good. In my opinion, it's structurally sound. It's got a good story. It's brilliantly made. And um, the comedy really hits for me. I know it was a bit more divisive for you. But uh, my score was also a 3.5 out of 5. And that comes to the average of what, Theodore? Give, give, give me a minute. I need to to crunch the numbers um <laughs> oh what's the audience retention it's coming it's coming it's, it's 3.5 I think you're right there uh, you know I'm not a maths whiz but I think you might be right I have to go to the I have to go to the mathematicians for this yes the, the average calculator <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the average get in here Mr. Calculator yes uh, but yeah that is our review of Spider-Man Homecoming and next up is Spider-Man Far From Home we are travelling through time Theo <gasps> oh Boy. my god it's another day uh, five so, years <laughs> since we've done part one indeed this has been five years in the making guys so you better like this video this better be our best podcast yet because my god it's taken a while um, like favorite and subscribe <laughs> um but yes so we were here the other day to review homecoming now we're here again to review far from home please don't leave please 
well, you can leave and then come back another day to listen because we also half-assed our jobs to deliver this. So you can also half-ass your job. Is it a job to listen to a podcast? No, faithful viewer, please stay and give us a five-hour five, hour five on Apple. You have to watch this. Yes, you have to sit through another two hours of us just chatting nonsense i was actually editing the other day i edited uh four different cuts of homecoming and something i noticed was the best bits of the episode was just the banter i was like yeah the review's good but the banter sorry it's that say, it's juicy. say a joke <laughs> I asked the joke. um but yeah so the audience interaction we did it for homecoming but i'm gonna burp <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Bloody hell. Leave me alone. Bloody hell, Harry. <laughs> it begins again. So, yeah, power poll with all the three movies. I'm going to reveal them one at a time. So, Homecoming Now, Far From Home, after we finish the review, when we should go to the next audience interaction, and then No Way Home, when we've travelled another five years to review that on another day. <laughs> so, Theodore. Yes. William. Yep. That's me. <laughs> yeah, That's that me. Um, so, what do you think is the most common score given to Spider-Man Homecoming? I'm going to say three. No, that's actually the least. The most common was five star. Really? There, yeah. I Really? What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Bullshit. This to be rich. fair, I look at all rich. the polls now, and all of the polls, most common score is a five star, so take it with a pinch of salt. Um, you've just like got some Marvel. I think, I think it's just mainly Spider-Man fans, not gonna lie. Yeah, and then the only one without uh, a score for two or one star is, of course, No Way Home. But... Mr. Gatekeep, no Gatekeep, Gatecrasher, Party Crasher over here. It's gonna wreck that in an hour's time for you listeners. <laughs> now I'm gonna rewatch it and see what I think. But um, yeah, the scores come to out of ten, so of course percentage divide that by ten, and you've got the amount of people that vote for each one. But I'm just gonna say the number anyway. Uh, so five star, five people vote for it. Three people voted for four star. One person voted for three star, and also. One person voted for two or one star, and that will be uh, Michael Wilson because he's a bloody grump. Um, but yeah, there's more votes on Far From Home and No Way Home, and we'll get to those eventually. Theodore Stokes has liked my tweet. Theo, why are you liking tweets when we're recording? Uh, you're doing your read, man. You got this. Why? I'm going to chip why, in. Why have you lost a follower? Uh, well, I might have tweeted something. You changed what, your what? profile picture and everyone's like, nope. Uh, no! <laughs> <laughs> no! Ah. No! <laughs> My trim! <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's good hair, good hair, good hair. Congratulations yeah, on having decent hair. Ow. That implies <laughs> I didn't before. Fuck you. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, I did that personally. I have started Far From Home on my computer. Just so as we are progressing through this review, I can refer to it. Uh, so, Phil, would you like to hit us with your schlong? No, uh, your first thought on Far From Home. My first thought on Far From Home? Hmm. I want to go home. pretty mm. decent. Decent? I find 
Spider-Man Far From Home are perfectly in middle of the road when it comes to Spider-Man and MCU films. Mm. Doesn't it does some things really well and it does some things that really take me off. Yeah. But overall, it's still pretty good. Like it's decent. Yeah, Yourself? I was having the kind of same thought process when I was watching. I was like, "Ah, oh, crap, I really liked this before. But now it's kind of derailing. Sort of, I kind of see the flaws, I see the plot flaws. And I think, God, this is quite poor. There was never a moment where I thought, this is shit. There are some sequences where I thought, bloody hell, this is superbly made. And to be fair, that only happened twice. Because I do think this was like a less well-made film than homecoming would you agree in terms of just like how it was like actually made like production um there it was were, a, again there were it moments. was a bit yeah see it's hard to decide because it was very cg heavy but then that's kind of the point yeah it's very hard to kind of gauge with this one like because the other one had like a very like it was i felt it was really grounded mm. and like if say these characters did exist in real life spider-man homecoming is probably the most normal one yeah. I guess so the idea of like this kid just going around doing things and then there's like one vulture guy and then there's one that tried to do too much I feel like I had Nick Fear in it which he just didn't need to be in it <laughs> yeah. but I do see some people saying you know it, the director hadn't had like the superhero experience before Homecoming so they kind of became more confident in this project so they kind of went for the superhero more I guess so a bit more ballsy Silence. Yeah, I, have silence I still think my in the long run, it's um, yeah, not my opinion. I just yeah, uh, that's like a consensus. <laughs> like the director kind of became more confident, so oh, it kind of went for you. But I do kind of have to put this out there. I do think people forget the writer a lot in movies. Like the director didn't write the movie; they just put the screenplay onto the screen. You know, I am. Give some, but it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to. Story. to- Bully the directors and the writers. True. Yeah, it's funny that some people I'm completely, you, John forget, <laughs> completely forget the writer exists and they just think the director, oh, this film is bad because of the director, because of this plot hole. And I just think, look at the bloody writer, man. But yeah, that's besides the point. The guy who wrote this also wrote Jumanji. Which one? The original the, or Karen uh, Gillen? Welcome to the Jungle. Ah, the Karen Gillen sexy The Lego one. Batman okay. movie. And Igor. What the hell is Igor? You don't know who Igor is? Oh, that was a... Igor? Igor was a, Igor. Was a stinky... He was a bit of a stinker, not gonna lie. Okay, uh, well, you know... Oh, well, is it a stinker? This film. Ant May in this film. May? Ant May. May... Yes. Oh, 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 the Freeman. Yes. Yeah, go for it. Okay, calm down, Man sunshine. Just <laughs> the Freeman. Well, well, I'm going to try and recover this. Um, May in this film, I feel more like had a more impactful role, even though she wasn't in it for most of it. But that's kind of the point: is that yeah. Aunt May is meant to be kind of sidelined and should not be the main focus, or should have tons of scene. Even though I'm going to completely contradict myself when we get into No Way Home. <laughs> I'm going to completely fucking abandon that. Yeah. But in this one, yeah. her role was reduced, but it felt justified because it was meant to be like, he's gone away. Like, the whole story is him kind of not, mm. not going on his own path because that more is developed in No Way Home. But in this one, it's very much like, there's no Iron Man anymore. There's the Avengers or whatever the fuck the Avengers are right now. Yeah. So Spider-Man is on his own. So it made more sense where he was like, right, so he doesn't have May. 
He doesn't have yeah. Iron Man. He doesn't have all like the like the roots I did in his kind in his character. I did notice though that like Homecoming ended on a cliffhanger of the mother the finding out. Yeah, exactly. And then in this movie, she's just fine with it. Like there's no reference to her finding out at all. Like there's literally no kind of development to her and there's nothing for her character to kind of chew on or as, as a viewer to chew on for her character and um, this is this is where the problem lies with the MCU is that technically yeah. Infinity War came was it it was Homecoming then Infinity War and then this so uh, technically in the timeline wise no, 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 no. this I think came it, after Endgame oh this came after Endgame Stark then, dies. Damn. yeah and yeah, yeah yeah and that's why so, I but, think Oh, sorry, but uh, when I first watched this, really loved it. And I think I really appreciate the comedic tone, but I only think I appreciate the comedic tone because Endgame was so heavy. And then in retrospect, rewatching this film, I did notice that whilst this movie is funny, I thought there was more funny, if that makes sense. I thought there were more funny moments, whereas there's maybe like, like a handful. A funny juice. <laughs> yeah. Like it was one after another, like first time I watched it. And then nowadays, I just think. Not, not really yeah that bit's funny but I swear there was a joke there a bit of a joke there but yeah never really materialised so I think again we spoke about it and I will allude back to our first review again because I have uh, listened back to it I know what we kind of said what we kind of uh, discussed so we can kind of cross reference it with this one uh, but again about the sequencing I think your thoughts on a movie especially in the MCU definitely is altered with the way you watch something because I watched this on uh, my own accord without any of the baggage that comes around it and I didn't particularly like it just because the reasons why I did like it are less impactful and less so now because I'm not watching it in a sequence if that makes sense Theo, go, my bad oh fucking day okay. <laughs> um, yeah so I was going to say like I think in the timeline wise it's um it's like Civil War, Homecoming, a few more films, and then Infinity War and then a few more Endgame and then this one. Mm. So that's maybe like a year or two between this one and then well, technically five, but they also got snapped away. So I'm just gonna say for them, it's been maybe two years. Mm. So I've kind of been annoyed if we had a whole subplot where May's annoyed at Peter. Because that's what I was kinda of dreading, is like, oh here we go, we're gonna have to have the the blimmin oh I'm scared like oh I don't know if you'll be able to do this Pete oh I, I, you should be careful Peter and like May being like oh don't do this because I don't want you to get hurt I was yeah. dreading that kind of going into this film for the first time like oh I can't I can't be asked to do this but then they just kind of played off as like yeah May is concerned but she also cares for what he's doing and what he stands for because I remember the things like I haven't rewatched this film by the way so oh right okay. no I haven't seen like rewatched it for I this get, podcast yeah, I get yeah. so if my memory's a little foggy, just correct me. Okay. But like May's little details of like, don't forget your suit. Like Peter's adamant that he's not going to take his suit with him. And then May's like, oh, but don't forget your suit. And she's constantly calling him saying like, oh, how's it going? Uh, did you get that big monster guy yet? And so it's just like more support, supportive of a character. And I like that in, in juxtaposition to a character who's just constantly nagging him the whole time. Mm. So overall, the whole thing with May, it was like, yeah, I was fine with it because... I didn't want to sit through two hours and ten minutes of just me being like, don't be Spider-Man! <laughs> Do it, Peter! It does more in distress <laughs> to an extent, I get that. But then, yeah, but then you just think it was a bit all easy. 
you know, the, like the blip stuff that was glossed over very quickly. Uh, the formulation of Ned and whatever the hell the ghost name relationship. Easy. That was like, oh, we sat together on a plane and then they cut to the airport. Oh, yeah, we're together now. And then how did that happen? Oh, when a boy and a girl. And I just think, oh, fuck off. And then at the end, they break up and uh, we cut to the airport. Oh, you two are so cute. Oh, we broke up. What happened? Oh, a boy and a girl go through a journey and then they break up and I just think, what the hell is going on? And then, like, the explanations of the Avengers, where the hell were they? All was said is, like, unavailable, unavailable. What about the other 20 or 30 other superheroes out there? And I get that's a criticism that I hated the first time I watched it, but it's very fair because I alluded to it during our last What are you talking about? Nick Fury's there. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) But Nick Fury's awesome. No, this not in this film. When I was watching through like the MCU last year, like from the start to the end for the first time. I really thought uh, Samuel Jackson, who plays Nick Fury, should have been an Avenger. I thought he was absolutely wasted in his first few movies, and then, and then this you film know. came around. I like. I I need to burp, man. Allow it. <laughs> but when we got to this film, he had a bit more to do. He was more vocal to the plot, I guess to the point that he was illusions were being created of him so it really had like that importance to the uh plot by that point so i really respect that and i think this is the uh, ironically contrary to you and i'm sure you'll uh, disagree with me i think this is his best characterization kind of the best way he was written in any mcu film because he's actually given something to do and not wanting uh, me at the end of it for him to be an avenger because i think before this he was so wasted he was so wasted just being the boss of these guys who's not really the boss he's just like the guy who's at the end of movies you know what i mean there was nothing to uh, him i hate to burst your bubble but technically it's not actually nick fury it's the bloody scroll <laughs> what's the deal with that i don't get it so timeline fuck the timeline so <laughs> at the time of this film nick fury is technically in space and okay. like did you watch the end credit scenes again uh i did not know the end credit scenes revealed that nick fury and maria hill throughout this whole film were scrolls and that they weren't actually those characters oh that's stupid so i didn't really want to break your whole point about him being oh he's the best he's ever been and then just go well technically it was a scroll oh no 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 my man's just been chilling on a ship i'm dropping my rating man this sucks <laughs> no, I am because you know this movie relies on a lot of like deception and oh this isn't real, this isn't real, uh this and is what the so quickly. This is pissing me off now. <laughs> you, you have shattered my bubble. You have shattered I'm my sorry. Bubble. It's the truth. I didn't want to be putting this up and then being and then everyone be like, well actually Right. This film is borderline bad, but you know <laughs> cool. But carry on. I'm I I'm really intrigued. So yeah, basically he's on a ship at the time of this film. It's, I don't really think we know have a reason right at the moment, but it's going to have to do secret evasion when that comes out. Mm. But yeah, so that's why in this film he's way too trusting of like Mysterio and stuff. Is that's the reason they give him like why he's just like oh yeah yeah let's jump in bed with Mysterio okay. is because he's a scroll and he doesn't have like the whole I don't trust nobody. That's how I got this scar and stuff like that. Mm. Because he's just because in this film that was the one criticism I had is that Mystery Mysterio showed up and Nick Fury was like, "Yep, our new Iron Man." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, Nick." And then I saw the Incredible. I was like, "Wow, 
cool. Yeah. Why like, do I care about this? I don't get when some people say like Homecoming is quintessentially uh, Iron Man film when literally every single plot point in this film revolves around Tony Stark. Like the whole My life movie starts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the film starts with a montage, a very funny montage to be fair, of and Tony Stark. I always love you. Thanks for that moving tribute. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for editing that. And it's like, my G's, come on to my unicorns. <laughs> Get the images. The Let's go. Little nice little factoid for you. That's the first time that Bucky has been referred to as a hero oh, in really? the MCU. Is in that montage yes, because when he says we've lost many heroes, there was a picture of Bucky. About time, if you ask me. So it was just a little heartwarming when I found that. I was like, ah, oh, Bucky. <laughs> Yeah. At least we had no flashbacks to like battles. Well, we did have barf. He called my life's worth barf. I really disliked those flashbacks because, you know, like, we get this scene where oh, the twist, even though apparently, like, the co- the character in the comics is literally notorious for the quote-unquote twist. Is that true? Like, the whole point was there, yeah. the twist? Yeah? Okay, so there we go. And, um... What I was going to mention earlier was Pitch Meeting. I alluded to it on our last episode, Pitch Meeting by uh, George something. I can't remember his second name. But he literally just lies this plot all over the floor and he's like, oh, look at it, it's pretty dumb. And it's, it's literally the film twists with a twist that twisters can twist see, see twists. I don't know where I was going with that sentence. That kind of went AWOL. Besides the point, after the twist of twists, by the twisters he literally just expositions to the camera and says oh you are great because of this you are fantastic because you did this for this for this reason and i just think shut up this has been going on for three or four minutes you're going through these characters that i have no care about it reminded me of have you seen halloween kills yet no, but it's still mean to get around it. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Well, there's nothing to really spoil. But basically, the film, there's these flashbacks to the original time... Not the The timeline, the original kind of events that happened. And then they bring some of the, like, lesser characters back. Like, yeah, I know Characters that. that no one cares about, really. Uh, so, and they yeah. give them, like, a quote-unquote story. And that's what they try to do with this film. And I... Well, yeah, you yeah. didn't like you, you didn't, didn't like man <laughs> you didn't like man who got told off by Amadeus by saying, Alright, Tony built this in a cave <laughs> with a box of scraps. Yeah, I love you how we you, you, got you, that you, scene, right? <laughs> we got that scene and then we got a hard cut to him now suddenly being evil. Like what the hell? Where was the development? Oh, I'm evil. <laughs> I kinda I kinda rate that because like um who can we pull back? Oh, I know that one guy that Hubertus yells at in the first Iron Man. Oh. Yeah, he was such a crucial character. I was like, what the fuck? Ironically, <laughs> he was fuck? like the most crucial, except from Jake Gyllenhaal's character Mysterio. He probably Ooh. was the most important to the threat, I guess, because he was the one who orchestrated it. Well, actually, no, the people's champ, the woman who was doing the victory lap, what do you call it? Hey, robe. With, with the cape. <laughs> Get me out those irons to get rid of the creases. Uh, I would need it to look good for my big presentation. Yeah. Uh, so, Phil, I've been ranting. Say something positive. <laughs> Please. 
Well, should we talk about the man, the myth, the mysterious man himself, Mysterio? <laughs> uh, sure, Jake Gyllenhaal, fantastic, go for it. So, I love him in this role. I think Jake Gyllenhaal smashes Mysterio. Yeah. For what, like, Mysterio... Well, I, I'm not too familiar with Mysterio from the comics, but I know of him, and I know some of his big story. I had a whole... When this trailer was released, I had a, had a whole planned out timeline, because I was hedging my bets that they were going to copy in, like, I think Mysterio's first comic debut, where he basically pretends to be Spider-Man, and, like, he ruins the name of Spider-Man, and then he pretends to be Mysterio, the hero, and defeats the evil Spider-Man but himself, and I thought that's where this film was going. Because hmm. so, when it was in the trailer, and it was all Mysterio, I was like, yeah, this guy's going to be a bad guy. They're making him look like a hero, but any comic person can tell you that this is the bad guy. Yeah. And Jake, I think, smashes it in this role. I think he's really good at portraying the, like, because when he's really nice to Peter, you kind of want it to be true. Like when he's talk, when he talks to him on the balcony mm-hmm. about like going for MJ and following his dreams, like you feel like you really, like he's really a nice guy and he's going to be, you know, Peter Parker's next mentor or next father figure. Yeah. And then when yeah. the twist comes in, which yeah, the prolonged speech I kind of agree with is a bit much like you were the cabbie that drove Iron Man and he gave you a bad review on Uber. It's a bit, yeah. it's a bit iffy, but still <laughs> like his performance. Yeah. But um, and even yeah. when he turns evil, I think he's solid. Like the whole thing with the, him in the CG suit. Come on, that was the perfect Excellent. thing for his character. Like yeah. the whole. Like, how they handled Mysterio's powers is exactly how I want it to be, because I was also scared that it was going to be real. Like, mm. his powers are going to be real, and I was like, that's not Mysterio. That if, if you make Mysterio magic, you've missed the point of Mysterio. But no, they got him right. He's a visual effects guy. He's, he's So is that all he powerless. is? It's like a... Basic. In the comics, wow. he was basically just... He was just an actor. A showman. Yeah. He was, he was an actor who went for a rough patch, I think. And he wanted to make his next big, like, next big hit, so he pretended to be Spider-Man. But he never had any powers it was all like mirrors smoking mirrors and things he never actually did any of that so when you get the reveal of um that very trippy scene where um and then he gets Spider-Man gets hit by the train and you see him in the CG suit with the glass bolt I was like this looks goofy but this is exactly what Mysterio in the modern day would look like and I love that that yeah. he's not wearing any fancy suits he's literally just wearing like a bog standard they probably didn't even have to make that suit for him they probably just went back into the closet and got out an actual rigging suit because that's what it was it wasn't tailored to him I don't think it was a charity shop <laughs> I'm going to the charity shop no it was like I think his costume is an actual just like costume they used to get 3D renders and like do the visual effects for all the um actors on the film and with the glass bowl, it looked a bit goofy, but that's the point. Mm. Mysterio is not meant to be cool. He's meant to be this goofy, like, little dude who's doing some magic. Have you seen Passengers? Oh, not Passengers, bloody hell. Um, you have seen Passengers. Have you yes. seen Prisoners? Yes. Jake Gyllenhaal, I think that's his best performance in anything that I've seen him in. And that's the last thing oh, yeah. I've seen him in. And that's such, like, a gritty, evil, not evil, but, you know, a righteous but dark cop police officer guy cop police officer I'm never going to lift that down but yeah he's a very (laughs) kind of similar premise like evil dark whatever however I don't think it's as good as Prisoners at all in terms of his performance I think he's fine again I don't think there's much standout in his performance compared to his like showreel for his best work or whatever and I do think Tom Holland upstages him but I can tell they had fun on set because I've seen but the behind the scenes footage. Oh, of them, I love and they have Tom so and Jake. much fun. 
Yeah, I love them too. They're so fun. They look, they just look like, it's like they're really good friends. I just really want to see them do more together. Yeah, and I think that's what makes the balcony scene so real. Because so I was going to mention, like, um, I guess like deceptiveness is meant to draw you in to kind of feeling for the character and the story that they're given, and I guess that's a praise. But I was just thinking, how much of that? like deception was actually you know him being kind to peter and him actually trying to give him a device because in the realization that the projector had gone awol he says to the guy who's got the glasses uh, the flashback guy he says when i have to kill peter just know and he says it's really angrily and almost in tears he was in tears pretty much you've got his blood on your hands so he clearly has some care for Peter because he's only a quote-unquote kid even though he's like 20 or 21 in this um, yeah so yeah it makes no sense in that respect but he does look like a high school speaking of which Tom Holland I want to give him props because I did oh, mention yeah. I was going to cross-reference it here in the first review we did we did agree that Tom didn't really give the nerdy geeky spelling bee kind of vibe in that film I feel that they did in this film a lot like a lot better and did it really well like first of all the hairstyle i think they kind of changed the hairstyle a bit so it felt more 80s so that kind of gives the geeky nerdy vibe more so geeky but you get the point um you also have the played t-shirt that he had on at the start he looked very nerdy there and also just his general you know performance it looks like he was given he was laid it back a bit more you know he was not giving it his all and i think in homecoming his first film you kind of have to have that macho manly superhero vibe don't you but then in this film he could kind of just tone it back and just you know actually go for what he was given in terms of his character and that's a massive praise and i think tom Holland. i really like tom holland nowadays he's fantastic what do you think well until we get to uncharted but i think (laughs) because god i know he's good i'm sorry tom but you're gonna be awful in uncharted i don't think he's gonna do well at all quote me on that (laughs) but um i feel like out of the three films this is i think i don't know i don't want to say it's his weakest but i do really like his performance in homecoming and no way home is his best performance let's get that out of the bat that's his best performance hands down Mm. but like between this and homecoming because in homecoming he's like like we talked about before he's the young optimistic kind of you know i'm gonna do as much as i can because i want to do as much as i can and protect people with what i've got whereas in this one he felt like he had to go through the whole thing of wow my mentor's dead the world has basically changed since i was blipped out so he's he has to be a bit more like down to earth and like the whole thing about this whole film is that he's going on a trip to try and get away from the spider-man stuff because he wants to do more peter parker stuff and i feel like in this one he's not as good as a spider-man like i think he's a better be a better peter parker because he has the stuff with mj and ned and you get to see a bit more time with him and jake more on a heart to heart Mm. level whereas whenever he's spider-man i didn't really feel like it was spider-man i felt it was just peter parker or tom holland in the suit i guess that kind of feeds into the whole living two lives thing and so they kind of merge and they can't really merge together because it's like a What's the saying? A round peg in a square hole or something like that? That's how uh, it fuck. <laughs> I've never heard of that expression. You've never heard of that? Oh, no, I've a got, round you know. peg in a square hole. 
A round peg in a square hole. A misfit, especially a person unsuited for a position or activity. Well then. Ruth doesn't have the finesse for this job. She's a round peg in a square hole. Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. So they kind of don't go together, so you have that kind of conflict. And even when he was Spider-Man, what was it like the hashtag cancelled? Yeah, cancelled yeah Jesus, Twitter, Twitter's going to have a field day with this one. I'm going to keep that in. And if you want to do Yeah, I shouldn't. No. No, 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 I think we should, I think we should yeah. just cover like, everything. I'm trying out. But I'm going to keep this bit in so I'm evil. So they're like, oh my God, what did he say? I don't worry. I know he didn't mean bad. Yeah, I know you didn't mean bad. bad. No, I was genuinely wondering why he was the. What was it? Night monkey. The night monkey. monkey. I was about to say the night monkey. <laughs> the night monkey. Wait, what was it? Was it actually called the night monkey? Yeah, it was the night monkey. Oh, thank God. I thought I just said something offensive again. Shit. Um, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. When he was the night monkey. Yep. <laughs> He Good was still trying to kind of defend Ned and his girlfriend, not really yeah. kind of battling the Jake Gyllenhaal threat. What was the original name before we? Quinton kind of Beck. Ad- Beck. Quinton Beck. Quinton Beck. They call my life worth bar. <laughs> I just can't go. That's the one line that's really stuck with me. It's just they call my bitch bar. <laughs> Like that like, disgusting voice. Like he just turns and he's like the most comical, evil, like villain origin story ever. They called my project <laughs> Speaking of sentences, that's the kind of mind. Speaking of barf. <laughs> Edith. Edith exists. <laughs> Even dead, I'm the hero. This is so like a Tony Stark film. Like it's unbelievable. And so my question is Edith, why don't you like her, Mister Iron Man fan? So Edith, Edith, Edith gets the job done, but it kind of makes Mysterio's character like his plan way too easy. If that makes sense, because all he's yeah. basically got to do is just groom this teenage boy oh, into into giving him some glasses, and then he's basically won the day in his eyes. Whereas imagine if Edith wasn't in this, what the fuck would he have done? He wouldn't have been able to do any of this shit. He would have really? just been a man no, doing like before Edith, wasn't he already doing the projections? Yeah, he, he wouldn't have been able to do the Avengers level threat. Why he would not? just be doing like because he needed all the drones, oh, and that was through Edith. Oh, of that course, was, of course, yeah. Edith, activate the drones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I get you. So, point. yeah. And also, like, the whole, like, it, like, they had some funny moments, like, when he was going, when he was looking in the bus and he saw all the, um, texts of all the people in the bus and he notices that Ned and, um, Betty are talking to each other whilst, like, texting each other whilst they're sitting next to each other. That was great. Like, that was so realistic as well. Edith's he, just in, like, when Pete uses her for, like, in normal, everyday situations, it's okay. But as soon as it became a plot point, I was like, oh. For fuck's sake! Here we go. Here's the McGovern. You gotta get the bloody gases, and you gotta have save the bloody day. He's like, fuck. I'm just right. saying, my my plot would have worked way better for this film. I had a ten times better. Any script plot would have been better for this film, Phil. Any any plot. Yeah. I was, talk about having... I, I can't believe you haven't rewatched this. I'm glad you didn't because you know I didn't want you to go through that kind of pain, the plot pain. I, I see it's hard because I do like I do like Tom I really like Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio and like even MJ I like Nick Fury we won't speak Ned oh, I find on. is 
Ned is funnier in this one. Well, okay, the scroll. He was massively sidelined in this film. Like to the point that Ned. his character comes onto screen and says, sorry if it looks like I'm preoccupied. And that's like the rightest way of saying, oh, I'm sorry that I can't introduce uh, this character. I don't know what to do with Ned. I don't know what to do with Ned. Here's a reference to know, to acknowledge that I know what I'm doing, but in a way that I don't know what I'm doing. But now that I've acknowledged it, you think I know what I'm doing, way. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not a satisfying way of doing it. But since you acknowledged you're doing wrong, suddenly it cancels out but that's not how it works you know it's still bad like give us more Ned yeah more like Ned, <laughs> Ned Ned was like really like he, he he was like a driving force in the first one I found him really funny like he was the comedic relief of the first one and then this one he'd just get badly sidelined and I just wasn't even more of him I mean <laughs> that's right a bit of a, had a bit bad a bit gas I mean oh. when he was shot by Nick Fury and like that was the coolest moment of my life and it, Tom was like, yeah, that probably was. And I was like, yeah, that kind of is a cool little moment. Like, I think that was like the best comedy scene in this film. I love that scene so much. It's like, no, 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 Peter is dead in there. And then the guy, every guy says, oh, in the water, there was 20% sulfur acid and whatever. And he says, oh, another person knocks on that door. will be attending another funeral. Fantastic moment. Do you like the comedy in this film more so than Homecoming? Because I knew you were kind of hit and miss with the comedy in Homecoming. Uh, yeah, the comedy in this one was like was fine. I had some really good moments, like even when he's mm. um on the bus and it looks like he's like with a hooker or something, but it's just like a shield agent giving him his new suit. Like that was funny. But it just didn't have like a constant flow of comedy, which I guess was nice. Because I imagine if it was like Homecoming, it had jokes every five minutes, it would get a bit tiring after a while. Mm. But there was definitely like I was watching it and feeling like, man, that could compared to the other one, there's a lot less jokes in this one. Indeed. Why didn't you rewatch it just didn't have the time? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because when we last recorded, I was down in Plymouth, so I didn't oh, rewatch it. I was down there. It was, yeah, it was good. It was fun. You weren't I murdered by a random person, so congratulations on that. I travelled in a pack, so I, I was. if anyone's going to die, I'd be in the middle. <laughs> okay, okay. So, Phil, what else do you think is noteworthy in this film? We talk about the suits. Oh, for God's sake, here we go. Oh, he's had his, <laughs> up his feet for the longest time. Oh, but, mate, I've been sitting on this one for days, right? Like, when we got to, like, the fifth suit, I was, you know... Was well, like, what's the difference between these suits? They look exactly the bloody same, like except from the odd exception, like differentiate about four of the twelve or whatever suits there are. But then about a handful of suits, I just thought oh, it looks exactly the same, just a bit more shiny. So, like, how is he gonna drip a conversation out of that when they all look the same? So, film starts. Yes. Iron Spider suit makes sense, you know. Infinity War just happened. That's the suit he should probably be wearing because that's his most recent suit. I was like, hell yeah, I can back this. Me then, the, and we're going to count it, the night phone. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, not again. <laughs> Sorry, I always forget. Um, and then if we're counting, the night monkey suit. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> like, it was a good joke, but it wasn't really a suit, so I'm not going to count it. Okay. Then for no fucking reason, for one single scene, we have the original Stark suit. We only see it when he goes to meet Quentin back. 
Like when he meets him for the first time. That's the only other time in this film he wears that original Stark suit from Homecoming. So why did he break? Why do we have to have that suit again? Why not just stick with the Iron Spider? It makes sense. But no, we've got to get the original Stark suit in. I guess it makes sense because Aunt May packed it for him. And like she probably wouldn't know how to pack the Iron Spider suit for him. But it was still like, can we just forget it? Like, can we go to the Iron Spider suit now? Like, why do we have to keep drawing about this? And then if that wasn't worse, then they brought the fucking stealth suit, which was in a singular, like, fucking scene, and it was shit. This is the it was so I need. bad. This is so bad. It's just all black. And like, yeah, I guess it's, it's a stealth suit, but it's not Spider-Man. And I guess that's, that's again, point, I'm, to be fair. that's the point. He's meant to be like an Avenger now. But still, it's a shit suit. It looks like just a normal, like, army suit with a spider-man eyepieces there's nothing unique about it it serves for one scene and why if he had the other suit why wouldn't he just wear that one because it wasn't like it was a stealth mission (laughs) at no point did the suit actually help him in battle (laughs) it was just a black suit for the sake of being a black suit and then he makes his red and black one at the end of the film which is decent because finally Iron Man Man, fuck fuck (laughs) finally (laughs) spider-man makes his own Stark suit which is quite nice because it doesn't have the red going all the way down the arms and it's a bit cleaner in places still before the homecoming suit because i'm just a big fan of red and blue you know god bless united kingdom and all that crap but the red and black one was a good one to finish on i just don't understand why they had to bring the homecoming and why they made the stealth suit it it just served no purpose like how like, do did I you get notice this? this conversation? Like, did you notice, like, he wears the socks yes. once? I, I, know it's there. once. I, I know it's there, and I thought it was weird, but I don't have an opinion on it because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, because the whole time I was just taken aback by, like, wait, why is he wearing this one now? I was half expecting, like, it to end with the fucking homemade suit again. <laughs> like, you're just going to whip that out. Like, oh, don't worry. Is I that a production or narrative reason as to why? Or did he just have all suits for some reason? I don't really I think they just wanted to sell toys makes sense sell toys at Lego because then, then that's five different Spider-Man you can sell six if you're no five including Spider-Monkey that you can oh no it was Spider-Monkey no yes no Night Spider no no was it yes. no Night Spider no, it was Night Spider no. oh no Night Monkey <laughs> it was Night Monkey I'm just trying to confuse you damn it yeah so I the suits I guess they had a reason for existing but Stealth 1 was just so bad and it and that's the only one that I don't think riffed off any other suit because it was like Spider-Man Noir when all the like promotion art for it and everything was released. Everyone thought it was the Spider-Man Noir suit. And then it got to the film and it didn't think of a thing like the Noir suit. And the red and black suit is a suit from the comics. It's a bit different, but it still looks quite nice and clean. And I'm glad that they kept it for most of No Way Home. Well, Because it's a clean suit. It's clean. Well... Marvel listeners of this podcast, I hope you enjoyed that diversion. And uh, Don't like worry. people, like he me, has three suits in the next one. My bad for allowing that to go on for so long. I also had no collection of what to say there either. So yeah, we we made through that together. Phil, would you like to go to a carnival instead? A carnival? Or four hours at the opera? Night at the opera, you can see. You see, it's an opera, and it's at night, and it's all to a pop culture reference. Ah. Indeed. Uh, cool. I didn't uh, get that reference. <laughs> it, oh, 
Night at the <laughs> Opera. Wait, is that not a thing? I may be confusing it for Night at the Museum. It's an album by Queen. That's why I was thinking it. Big up Queen. Best band out there. Uh, what do you think yeah. of Zendaya in this film? Let's pull it back for you. Pull, pull it back. back. Zendaya. That was a what crazy time. What a character. Zendaya. What a woman. What a, what a, what a, what a, what a, yeah. Why does she talk and look as she's talking? Like she's constantly on drugs. Um, I think that's her whole vibe. I know, but it just, I she, was, I paused she, the movie like a minute ago and it was literally like stoned face and that was just a resting face. I was like, that's her character, but she looks stoned. I think she came off the set of Euphoria, so she was like, <laughs> she was like half stoned when she was doing this one. That's how she turned up to like the casting call, like her auditions on drugs. So they're like, you know what? Stick with that vibe. So you know what? Vibe acquired. Zendaya. That's your Keep characterization for the entire franchise. That's all your defining traits. Do you think the kiss at the end was justified? I mean, it was a bit. It was a bit dry. Not gonna lie. I was planning on giving that a red flag, like a red card at the end there. But a ref, you can't have that. You can't I mean, be keeping that. Again, it's because of what? What's his name? Gwent. Quentin Peck. Quentin Peck said about him earlier. It was like, oh, you're like 50% awkward. No, I'm going to give you a 50% chance you're quite awkward. And then the fact that they're both awkward, at the end, it just made it a bit dry, a bit awkward as well. So, yeah. It was so cute. It was so cute. It was cute. Like, and was when like, they eventually like, yeah. kissed, I was like, yes, come on, man. And she like, is a better, too. she is a better, like, uh, match than... I thought you were about to say she was a better kiss than Tom Holland and I was like what you're just analysing their tongues or something yeah you know me lip analyst um <laughs> she's better than oh what's the name of the first one Liz Liz yeah she's better than Laura Liz or whatever yeah you were on Laura train I was like no Liz <laughs> now you just forgot her. like a blank yeah that woman from the first one she's better than Liz like Obviously, in the first one, you can't really compare because MJ only had a few witty lines in the first one, as compared to like a main love interest role. But in this one, she was uh, she had some really funny moments. The whole like her finding out that Peter Parker is Spider Man made sense because it's so fucking obvious that it'd be him. Yeah, let's go back to the positives. Uh, Tom Holland, excellent. Zendaya, very good. The plot decent, <laughs> serviceable. That's the word. It does the job. Not well, not bad, but it gets the job done. Yeah. Uh, the music. Gets us from A to B. Music are memorable. You mean the. Da, 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 da. But even that was kind of. <laughs> if that was at the what start was... over the Marvel thing, I would have understood, but the Marvel thing at the start was just like, I would always love you. And I was like, oh, okay, this doesn't feel like Spider Man. So, what I was saying, <laughs> yeah. was the, the first and the third one have like banging songs and like memorable, kind of like old poppy songs. And then this one's just kind of like generic, royalty free music. Hmm. <laughs> Which I don't know, it doesn't really fit. Like, as a trilogy, it doesn't really fit thematically, but I don't know. That's a very minute thing to be pissed about. But I was just like, again, I, I didn't rewatch that bit, so I again I couldn't care. I like the iconic songs. It's, oh yeah, I, nice. I liked the music at the end of Homecoming. Whatever, <laughs> you can sing it again. Yeah. Cause every time it's referenced, let's creep up. Live it in the back Theo.exe has stopped working. Just let's creep up. Lives rent free by head. What can I say? I'll be honest with you, Theo. There's less talking points in this film than in Homecoming, in my there's, opinion. 
because yeah, there's not Homecoming, much else really to talk about surprisingly because this film is so middle of the road yeah it's so like it's like because every point we've said we've been like yeah I like this but it did this wrong and it's like oh this is really bad but I guess it was okay here mm-hmm. whereas with Homecoming it was a lot more positive because there was things to talk about and then the criticisms we had were a bit more like deep rooted like the whole Iron Man thing and exactly. whatnot. whereas this one's just kind of like yeah they do a good job it exists I'll like I'll maybe watch it again. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not rushing out to see a rerun of this. Whereas I would watch Homecoming on my own. Yeah, the, the before we do go on to the audience interaction where I drag that out for a bit. <laughs> the Oof. final final real note is the Tony Stark thing. Really, uh, it did really annoy me and kind of great on me in this film. Like literally everything had to deal with Tony whenever. Peter had a fuck up like they alluded and she slapped you in the face with Tony like her Ooh, did it to an extent I see his face <laughs> yeah exactly everywhere I go I see his face and yeah I was like yeah it's I true. guess it's the point but can you not <laughs> yeah and it's like oh who's gonna be the next Iron Man and they make a massive point out of this in this film compared to Homecoming where they barely even touch upon that and I just thought yeah this Stop film showing me Tony's face for five minutes <laughs> I love that Shrek scene <laughs> okay I'm not gonna lie I have to, I'm not gonna lie I have to talk I'm actually reconsidering the score I gave it on that box <laughs> you, you do the honest reaction I'm gonna go fix some few things where's uh, yeah. my MCU playlist where's my MCU list I think you gave it like a 3 out of 5 which I originally gave it as well but then playlist I was very hesitant because I was like definitely not good it's definitely not wholly bad like uh, to get to a big positive and which is why my score isn't like two star or whatever it's the and I can't believe we haven't mentioned it in like greater depth but the CGI scenes I thought that was fantastic filmmaking and that's all I want to say so yeah very in depth for me there but yeah the CGI of the Mysterio sequences superb 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 I was just in awe uh, well everything with Mysterio like the CGI sequences with uh, Spider-Man in the midst of it. Yeah, the trippy scenes were amazing. Yeah. They they were creative. <laughs> they were a delight to watch, nice. and they were so nice. goddamn lovable. Like, definitely a highlight of this film is the trippy sequences. I can't believe I just made you do that. <laughs> I felt violated somehow. You, you I don't know. To, I don't know how. Need to be edited process far easier for me. Thank you. But any other final thoughts? Before you die. No, before we go into the audience interaction. Uh, one second. <laughs> Sorry, someone's knocking at my door. Apparently the Wi-Fi in our house has just gone down. Like, yeah. we've lost we've lost all Wi-Fi connection, yet I'm still here. That so. is very interesting. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's going to be fun to figure out. Yeah, all right. So we should probably wrap this up in the next five minutes, otherwise you'll just suddenly cut off. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, just was... I was like, what the fuck was that? Any final notes? Or Any final notes? Before we move on to audience interaction. Uh, no, not really. I think I've said everything I want to say. Just Ooh. hang on for the conclusion. Indeed is. So I'm going to quickly find the pole. Pole? The North Pole. Oh, not the North Pole. I'm going to have a look at your twist. I'm going to look at the Twitter. I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote. I really hope the polls have expired. <laughs> yes, final results, they have expired. Ha ha ha. Oh, oh, like- oh no what a, what a shame <laughs> oh god so this poll before we move on to like the twitter responses and the letterbox scores as ever 
I probably poll saying what would you rate Spider-Man Far From Home, likewise with Home coming in No Way Home by in separate polls out of five stars. Uh, for Far From Home, the most common score, as I said earlier, was a five star, which is a complete and utter bullshit in my opinion, even though I probably would have said that the first time I watched it, but uh, let's cross over that. So, our 12 votes, five, 50% give it five stars to six people. Jesus, I'm going to have to do math now. Okay, so six people said five star, two people said four star, two people said three star, two people said two or one star. That's delightful. Okay, so on to the Twitter replies. Let's see if anyone replied to us. We got four replies. That's interesting. Uh, Steer and 4,012 others uh, who are trying to be clever with their name there said second best Spider-Man film in my opinion. That's delightful. Oof. Yeah. Uh, Dark Sonic aka Toby said it continues the same style as Homecoming which is not necessarily bad but it feels like there's not enough character development happening and the movie feels very still especially because most of the stuff is still tied to Tony Stark in some way. I would have wished by the end of the movie we had seen more development for everyone. I agree, the main focus on this is really like the threat, like the twist and like that and also the MJ and Peter stuff but other than outside of those three you don't really have any development really so yeah I agree with you Toby. Uh, any thoughts on that opinion? That's pretty solid. Yeah, uh, solid opinion, my friend. Solid opinion. That's uh, decent, decent, decent. I agree with your opinion, Jamie, aka Mario Bowser four nine four. In brackets, backup, because he's so incompetent he doesn't have access to his main account, and his backup account isn't following my main account. <laughs> Jamie, sort that out. Follow me, man. No, I'm joking. Um, but he said it's my least fave of the Holland films, but it's far from bad. It is in fact great. Jesus Christ. It is a nice epilogue to Endgame and it makes sense to show the aftermath of the snap through Peter's eyes. Does it though? What what aftermath do we see? There's no impact at all. Am I missing something here? I don't think so. Uh, Jamie, you listen to our podcast regularly. Please do comment what you mean by that. Uh, but yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just intrigued to know your perspective on that. Uh, but he also goes on to say, Mysterio is also fantastic, and I just love Gillian Hall in the role. In brackets, I swear it's not because I love Donnie Darko so much. I also stand Ned and this version of MJ. In brackets, I hate Raimi MJ, and MCU MJ is so much better. My main issue is that the main plot with the glasses felt way too convenient, which is what Theo kind of uh, got to earlier, so fair enough. And Jamie gave it an 8 out of 10. Interesting. Pardon Interesting. me, Interesting. And then Michael Wilson, aka Multiverse of Mikeness. Uh, he says, a vast improvement over Homecoming, finally aligning the character into something recognisable. The portrayal of Mysterio is handled beautifully as is everything that needs to be juggled post-endgame. Visually best Spidey film and extremely comics accurate. And you see, this is intriguing because what I've read from people online 
is that they should have stuck to the original text more. So for him to say they were extremely comics accurate, intriguing. Have you seen the comics for this particular kind of story? No, I don't think I have, actually. Okay, we can't really give our opinions on that, but yeah, fair enough. Um, That wraps up the Twitter kind of uh, audience feedback. Now, on to the all-important letterboxed opinions. Yes, the ones that matter, unless they don't. Let's find out. (laughs) Honestly, it's very mixed, surprisingly. So, let's go. Mary Bowser, of course, gave it four star. Theodore Stokes gave it a... uh, Yeah, I'm changing up. Uh, Cack of the Geek gave it a four star. World Templar gave it a... Andrew gave it a three and a half star. Helis, or Helis, gave it a 3.5 star. Joey Ellis gave it a 4.5 star. Harry Membry gave it a two and a half star. Jack Burton1234 gave it a half star. And by that, I mean 0.5 out of five. Jane gave it three and a half star. George Papart gave it 2.5 star. Gib gave it four star. Dan underscore Z underscore one gave it two star. No, should I say two and a half star? Matt Hall, who's given it four bloody reviews, gave it four and a half star. Roman Wallace gave it a four star. Yeah, this is where the diversity kind of dies because it's pretty much the same score all the way around now. Uh, Roman Wallace gave it a four star. Ben gave it a four star. Abin Two gave it a four star. Joe Decock gave it three and a half star. Carl Oakley gave it three and a half star. Marvel Man EK Michael gave it a four and a half star. Anik Renik Designs, I love saying that, gave it a five star. And Bradley A gave it three stars. So, yeah, a couple of great. A lot of mid two or three bad but yeah generally mixed film and i guess we kind of slot in around mid for this film but i guess we're gonna have to find out fear would you like to take us into the conclusions and scores please right so in conclusion this film doesn't live up to the standards i think that was set from homecoming i really do like the villain and i believe the love interest is far superior in this film Tom I was given something to work off I feel like doesn't quite achieve what you had in the first film although he still did a very solid job don't get me wrong mm. and I don't know if I'll be re-watching this one anytime soon I give it a 3 out of 5 3 out of 5 interesting my conclusion is I agree with Theo but I gave it 2.5 <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> yes. So that wraps up for a review of Far From Home. And next up, the time travel into No Way Home. I think we should do some like teleportation sound effects. Can I just say something that you can put at the, at the right beginning of this whole thing? Sure. Every time me, Theo, makes a Spider-Man reference mm. that Will doesn't click or get, take a shot. What did you say? <laughs> Sometimes I just acknowledge it and I think, yeah, that was... Uh, I get or just any time I say one, to be fair. Any time I sneak one What did one you in. do? I said, I forgive you. <laughs> Which is what Toby says to... um Sandman when he dusts off into the distance he goes I forgive you and then he disappears that's very broad you got oh yeah but like yeah I I get you but like come on that'd be funny if someone's like I'm 12 drinks into this come on we'll get your shit together 
Look, I let you go on these tangents about the comics and things, and I, I let Michael do the same thing. I don't care about the comics. I just give it to the audience because they I'm only, care. Uh, only, only drink when I reference the films, okay, guys? That's that's the rules. Okay, now back to the, the future. Yeah. Welcome back to my ass. <laughs> Why? No. Why? Okay. I gotta keep that in the edit. But yeah, nice. Um, five years have elapsed. This time it actually feels like that because you know life gets in the way, doesn't it? Feel? Oh, it does indeed. Yeah, it's been a few days since we last recorded. Uh, the yeah, it's, 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 and far from him was like one day, but this has been like five or six days. It's been like a week. This is the end game. This is like this has been in the making for like how long was the MCU around? Uh. Yeah, fourteen years. Yeah, that's like that. that's how long we've been waiting to do this one. Yeah, fourteen, fifteen years. I'm actually intrigued because I don't want to get this wrong. Uh, Iron Man release date. I think it was two thousand. Boom, two thousand. No, two thousand and eight. Ah, so, so I spang on with fourteen years. That's lovely. Yeah. So Phil, no way home. Did you go to the cinema to watch this, or did you stream it illegally? No, I went to the cinema. I went to the um the cinema deluxe. Oh, is that and, the one adjacent to went, Tesco in Broadmead? No, oh, <laughs> it's okay. the one in Cabot. Ah, okay. But I went to the director's lounge because oh, I didn't know that was the one that was... No, it was nice. <laughs> I managed yeah. to get in and it was like a nice reclining chairs and I still see I could put my non-existent food and drinks on. <laughs> I was treated like royalty i was like bloody hell this, I mean, this is definitely I, worth the 15 I, quid i'm paying <laughs> 15 quid wow well to be fair i was i went to the one adjacent to tesco i think that must be odeon yes odeon okay odeon I, sucks <laughs> yeah i paid for someone else to come and then they bailed on the day and i said oh fuck you then so i spent fiver on my ticket fiver on their ticket and i also brought hot dog with cheese and popcorn with like smarties intertwined with her and all in all it came to like 23 pound right uh so odeon does suck because the the seats right are there's they go all the way back so they are far from the screen but there's no like you know up trajectory it's all very shallow like there is an incline but it's not as high as a place like View. Like View is exceptional for like an incline. But Odeon sucks because I was right at the back. I was quite uh, low and I just thought, oh. And I think that's contributed to my low score the first time around. But the point I was trying to make originally was you, of course, went to the cinema to watch it. I was a bit naughty and I, oh. this morning, I illegally watched the film the first half of it before again life got in the way and i had to go to work early but i was first half. emailing the fbi yeah thank you phil um but again why i mentioned the ho- uh the hotel jesus no oh. the cinema was that i did pay for that extra ticket so mr sony or mcu or whoever the fuck cares i paid for two cinema tickets and technically i only utilized one so screw you i brought two tickets so i'm entitled to watch it twice and that's exactly what i did but technically i didn't even watch it twice technically i haven't actually watched this film all the way through in one go because the first time well the only time i went to the cinema i was 15 minutes late and today i confirmed that because i uh got it up on my xbox and then when it the scene that i recognized came up i like toggled my tongue 
added to say like 16 17 minutes so i missed 17 minutes and then i got up to aunt may's spoiler alert death before i got oh. the call from my boss so i left at that moment <laughs> so it was a really impactful moment and then i thought you know what i gotta go to work gotta do this recording later and i know the rest of the film and uh, based on that i've bumped my score right up because whilst there right, are so. problems with this film i can't say it's bad at all or even mediocre it is you know even with the added context which i think absolutely helps with all like the villains and stuff like electro is his name electro yes the the lizard i'm electro guy. yeah dr octavius even though he was in the first two films that i'd already the watched. lizard ah oh, the lizard <laughs> i love how they acknowledge how stupid his original plan was like to turn the city into lizards like uh, it's, 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 it's the next step in humanary evolution yeah i i love those little uh, references and that's why i can kind of understand like the a lot of people say this movie was built up based on those films and those films really did help make this film so great because you know there is a lot of fan wank you could say but all of it doesn't seem forced like uh, while we did one a few months ago Day of the Doctor like we both love Day of the Doctor but I do think this movie handles it better like it gives them everyone a bit to do and it's not just jokes you know what I mean they actually have yeah. something to contribute uh, so I think that was pretty fantastic and again uh, for the final time you know I'm really glad I watched these films and if you're if you were like me who went into No Way Home without watching the uh, any of the Tobey Maguire ones or any of the Andrew Garfield ones then I would seriously recommend watching those first and then going to No Way Home but to reiterate I have watched Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2 the Andrew Garfield ones uh, before but not for have you watched the Remy ones yet? The, those are the Tobey Maguire ones you said oh so you haven't seen 3 then you haven't seen Spider-Man no, 3 <laughs> no I've, I saw 1 and 2 like ages ago months ago but I didn't get round to the others because I know they weren't the best. Uh, but in the week, I watched Spider-Man 3, the third Raimi one, Good. and the two Andrew Garfield ones. Theo, take over. Go, please. Good. I was just I was just like saying, yeah, as to all my references you're going to get, right? Uh, yes, I will understand the references now. Because <laughs> we're in my ballpark now. <laughs> this is this is my kind of area. So when you first told me that you went to so see um, No Way Home... Mm in the cinemas and you've only you've only seen like the first I think uh, that uh, the first time you told me you went to see it, you only seen Spider-Man 1 and 2 the Raimi ones yes and I'm not gonna lie I was a little pissed off at you because because <laughs> knowing like what this film was leading up to and knowing yeah. what it was gonna do it was like it would really benefit if you watched the other ones beforehand otherwise you'll either be confused or you'll just be like oh this is kind of shite no no i wasn't i wasn't confused per se because i kind of got the gist of all the you know the villains and you didn't really need i and i still maintain this you didn't really need the context of the other films to you know but it makes it so much better exactly it makes it better that's the point and that's why i'm so glad i did watch it um the other ones but it, it wasn't a bad film originally there were certain decisions that uh, involved Doctor Strange actually so it wasn't their fault in fact I was just like taken aback by like all these villains probably villains from the other movies that I haven't seen yet but I was still you know taken by them I was still happy with them I still liked um, Green Goblin even though I did see him and also Electro I thought he was pretty cool even though he's pretty oh. shit in the Andrew Garfield ones but <laughs> that's literally all I remember from him in the Andrew Garfield ones just him going 
I'm Electro, and then it's just it. <laughs> it's like that's just this line because weird, but I allow it. It's like the, if you ever what if you ever like do a comparison between the Raimi and um, Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, there's always the thing of like with the villains, you can quote the Raimi villains almost line for line. Where if you try and quote anything from the um, Garfield ones, mm. from the web from the web ones, it's so much. It's a lot harder to find good lines they say. Yeah, <laughs> like if you're like Green Goblin, like you could go on for ages about the amount of banger lines he says even if they're a little even a little corny like he still has some good lines whereas when it comes to like Liz and Electro it's like um I mean with Electro I remember you know like I'm his helping hands or something like that yeah but, but like that, he wasn't even but even that's shy I was like yeah but that's like it's C-Bit C-Spider whatever it's like it's just <laughs> and then you compare it to just it's the next evolution it's the next oh what is it the next step in human evolution it's like yeah. cool Shut the fuck up! <laughs> no one likes you. Yeah. <laughs> I want more power of the sun in the palm of my hands, please. I'm intrigued to know though what is because we may as well make this just like a whole franchise review at this point. Like we may as well cover it all. What is your favorite Spider-Man film other than? Because I know you'll say No Way Home. Other than No Way Home, what's your best Spider-Man film? Spider-Man Two. Uh, I think it's a popular opinion. Yeah, I'd say Spider-Man it's the popular 1. opinion because it's the right opinion. Oh, I'm sorry. No, but Spider-Man <laughs> One's got to be up there too, right? Oh, Spider-Man One is second or third, oh, okay. even. Like, Except from nowhere here. Well, yeah. Like, well, do you want me just to tell you my rankings of them? Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. Do you want me to, do you want to fucking do this? Mind. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so, all right. No way home. Spider-Man Two. Spider-Man. I think that I put into the Spider-Verse. Wait, let me just. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> That's the only Spider-Man film I haven't seen. It's good, way overhyped, but it's still good. Interesting. I've um, only heard great things about that. So. Yeah, I, yeah, it's like it is really good, and it's like a revolutionary. And the art style is gorgeous, and the story is yeah. really nice. But going into it, like everyone going, "Oh, it's the masterpiece! It's the next freaking Godfather!" I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was just a bit like, Name, Dave, I even seen Godfather. Great. Yeah. But, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is this is good. Don't get me wrong." But it's, all right, here we go. Okay, I lied. Uh, <laughs> actually, I'm going to edit that right now. So, no, I've got a gay up now. What was your school? What was your school? <laughs> right, so the list No Way Home, Spider Man 2, Spider Man, Spider Man to the Spider Verse, Spider Man Homecoming, Spider Man Far From Home, The Amazing Spider Man, Spider Man 3, The Amazing Spider Man 2. Wait, you put The Amazing Spider Man. Oh, no, okay. I was going to say, where was Spider Man 1 on that list? Uh, Spider Man 1 was third. I, I, I appreciate that. That It's a decent film. It's actually like fourth place for me well it's actually fifth Spider-Man place Spider-Man or um, The Amazing Spider-Man uh, The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man oh that's um seventh oh Jesus <laughs> yeah like I like well as we'll as we'll get onto this podcast I have this thing for Andrew Garfield but even I could admit like oh, this ain't yeah. it <laughs> I also did put out polls on um, Twitter that we'll get to when we do talk about you know Peter Parker Spider-Man whatever and then I'll introduce that kind of segment um, Andrew. Yes. But my tier, it'll be interesting to see how we compare. I might do like a little graphic that comes up on the screen for our YouTube listeners. It's Spider-Man 1, No Way Home, Homecoming, Spider-Man 2, The Amazing Spider-Man 1, Far From Home, Spider-Man 3, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and yes, that's it. And I've still got to see the Spider-Verse, and I'm sure I'll think that's good as well, because I've heard fantastic things even though Theo here is trying to spoil the parade a bit I'm not spoiling the parade it's a good film like 
I, yeah. yeah, definitely go watch it. You'll love it. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. just, I don't know, it's just something about it. Just, okay, nice. So, Felix, nice. go. It's like you want to say a sentence. Go for it. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's kind of hard to start. Like, where to start with this one, really? Because there's there's so much you I want to talk about, but it's like, mm. like give me a place to start, and then I'll go from there, because otherwise I'm just going to sit here and just go from topic <laughs> to topic. Okay, let's go with... Oh, why not? Let's go from the start. Like, what I didn't see originally. We have Peter dealing with the... Um, the eternity is Peter Parker. There you oh, have you it, want to go from the very start, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, because this is a thing. I I saw a video. Um, I don't remember who did it. It was like a, a breakdown or like an analysis. And there's a lot of things with like... The, it might have actually been a film theory. I might be chatting out my ass. Um, <laughs> but there's a thing of like in the film you think that a large part of the film would be the um, Spider-Man being Peter Parker twist yeah. like that because that's like how Far From Home ended it was like Mysterio doing out like Quinton Beck saying the outing him and then this film was going to pick it up and like because I was going into it expecting it to be like one third of this film was going to be like him dealing with the lawyers him having yeah. to do all the like legality stuff and I was like ah uh, like cool but I don't really want to spend 45 minutes just watching a court case hmm. and then we get into the film and it's 10 15 20 and a push minutes and it's, it's over it's literally 10 minutes and that's it which I kind of like I the opening 10 minutes even though it is lawyery stuff and that's kind of boring when it comes to most superhero films it was still good like it's quick it's funny like yes. basically the interrogator getting Ned to fess, ev- confess everything mm. was was quite funny to see just like so you were his main accomplice I always like to retract my statements <laughs> oh that was great and then May getting threatened with like child um oh, oh, yeah. what is it like custody rights I was like oh in, in oh shit yeah. I was like fuck it now we're gonna like, these, these are our heroes right and they're smart but they're being outsmarted so it felt bad and they're like and he went like crap when he went back to school and like all the people outside and then they had to like do the, the metal detectors I was like damn like this this sucks I, like it made me feel really bad for him because like I know I thought they were going into my com- court or something I was like you, this is completely out of their control like he didn't ask for any of this and yet well it's leading into the, like the double lives thing which uh, Doc Ock and Doctor Strange go into a little bit mm. but it's just like uh, it's so not it's not humbling but it's just kind of like damn because not really any other spider film spider-man film has done this there's a little bit no into spider-verse but that's not for the reasons you think so but like no other film has kind of tackled the idea of his identity being revealed which was a civil war thing that's why when he came up in civil war i was like wait they're not going to reveal his identity in the first film he's ever in like that'd be shite But they, they, thankfully, they held fire on doing too much comic accurate stuff in that film. So I was like, okay. Yeah, Ooh, I was going to say, yeah. it's definitely untouched ground. And I think the problem with the Andrew Garfield films, especially the first one, it does tread treaded already ground. I'm not sure what the phrase is there. But, you know, it felt very familiar. And this was a whole new, not a whole new concept, because, of course, that will undoubtedly be done in Spider-Verse comics, whatever it didn't feel repetitive it didn't feel like any of the other films and it felt unique you know what I mean yeah and I fuck man, then. that ending as well like the ending to what Aussie <laughs> yeah oh I see like, okay. I fucking respect it so hard yeah which bit specifically because there are just like the films. whole like like well we'll get to him get to it like basically the whole like 
make everyone forget who Peter Parker is. Like, oh, that was... Oh. That's Spider-Man right there. <laughs> what do you think of Flash in this film, then? Eh, he's, yeah. he's alright. He's, he's not... What are you on about? He's Peter Parker's best friend, mate. Yeah, Penis Parker. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> he's alright. Well, now that you've seen the Raimi and uh, Amazing Spider-Man films, and you see what a Flash bully could actually be... <laughs> Yeah, you can kind of see like, yeah, this penis is not the best flashbulb. Penis, hurt penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, phallus Parker, Shaft Parker, but yeah, Shaft Chode Parker. <laughs> I did like the you know love triangle between Ned, MJ, and you know Peter, and to an extent Happy as well. You know, you know the scene when they were like on their phones or whatever, and it was like, yeah, we get the point that you're in love. Just hang up the phone. I want to sleep. That was oh. such a the moment. <laughs> It's when you said Ned, I was like, wait, Ned? No, because, you know, on, on the top of the score, and then uh, they uh, hold oh, hands yeah. and they're like, oh, we're in this together. And then the Ned puts his tucking. hand and says, together. I was like, yeah. That's my man, Ned. <laughs> Freaking do the Lord's work. So Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, let's get back to it. Uh, Dr. Strange. He, thank God they got rid of him quickly. Um, yeah. Don't get wrong. I like Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. I one of the people who actually really likes the Doctor Strange film because mm. oh, for some reason, I, it, like for some reason, like not. It. It's a great film. Oh yeah, no, I just got it's it. good. Well, most of my like mates from secondary were like nah, it's a bit naff, and I was like, nah, it's, it's, I think it's pretty good. It's got some trippy visuals. So anyway, yeah. And I didn't want this film to be about him because mm. well, originally the film was going to be advertised as a Spider-Man versus Doctor Strange film. Oh, and then they were going to have like the twist of all the villains and everything so the trailers were going to be completely just Spider-Man versus Doctor Strange but then obviously they were like nah because people won't see that let's put in Doc Ock at the end and just let people lose that absolute shit yeah so thank god they was like he was only in for like 20 minutes max in total and it was quite nice to see even though the lizard let's be honest is the, shite, the shittest villain of well, I mean, all of them I mean he's just in a bloody van for a quarter of the film so but like he's the worst villain out of all of them like he's oh, probably the weakest yeah but it was nice seeing Doctor Strange because when he comes in he's like some of your friends have come through the portals weather he has got like visible visible damage mm. and like he looks like he's got like a cut on his head he's a bit bruised and it's like so these villains are actually threats because you think Doctor Strange would just wipe the floor with any of these people but seeing that the lizard could land a hit or two on Doctor Strange was like oh yeah. These guys are actually going to have some a bit of like threat to them. They're not just going to be stand-ins that are going to get pushed over in like five minutes. <laughs> to be fair, the lizard—I don't—I can't remember the human's name, but the human associate Connor. Him, that guy was probably ironically the quote-unquote human that I was actually more invested in than anyone else. Because when I saw him, I was like, hey, "It's that guy." Because I was—I didn't really care about Electro and Electro's bad story. He literally just fell into oh. electric eels, and then when yeah. he came onto screen, you know that really weird musical score come on, and I think, "Oh, oh that time. step." Yeah, I kind of respected that that they that they brought like it back it, in for this of. film. That yeah. little motif of when it's like when you see the lightning behind him, and then you see him reforce, and it's just that, dun, dun, and it's like, yeah. "Ooh." that oh yes we know what we're doing here boys they know what they're doing it was nice to see all these characters and like musical uh, you said uh, exactly motives come back and you know the references I just loved them like it, yeah. it, it didn't feel forced it felt like it, some of them like poked jabs at you know some of the films that I didn't do as well as some others like SMS was, or you had a come oh, oh, 
That's what I saw you. You had glasses and a bad comb over. Yeah. <laughs> and I was again, like, that line's like, ah. Oh. I just loved the one about, you know, the lizards taking over the city plan. Like, yeah. they took a jab at that plot. And that's the criticism that film gets is the ridiculous plan of the lizard. Oh, yeah. Well, I say we we give the like, section a minute because yeah. I, I reckon there's a lot we can say about the villains. But, but Doctor Strange, for now. Doctor Strange, he yeah. was like, he was like the Scooby-Doo this crap was ruined by the trailer because it just wasn't funny no <laughs> and like when he's in the mirror dimension that is a very sick scene like seeing Spider-Man versus Doctor seen Strange was... yes I've seen Inception it's very like that in it oh yeah it's very much Inception but so was the first Doctor Strange true but I did get you know when they were in uh, the apartment or the hotel the high-rise building that Peter was living in or the happy he was living oh, yeah. in like, yeah yeah uh, there was a lot of they used setting quite a bit you know when they were in you know when Aunt May dies just before the whole sequence of uh, Dr. Octavius and Peter fight no uh, Green Goblin fight should I say and they're utilising the walls and stuff and that reminded me a lot of the sequences in Inception as well and I thought you know what this is the second sequence in this film that feels very Inception-y to me so I wouldn't be surprised if the director took some hints or you know uh, cues from that film yeah and Doctor Sh- and I like the fact that Spider-Man beat Doctor Strange by geometry like just yes. a nice touch for making Spider-Man nerdy again like a very neat little because like, we had him like building all the cures and stuff which was kind of geeky mm. and nerdy but seeing him be like oh this is just geometry and then he basically won, won well he won V1's Doctor Strange and wins <laughs> and I was like was much that's pretty as well like for yeah. his character because we haven't had many of these moments yeah and it was nice just to see like dorky Peter Parker again for a split second before you know he has his life completely yeah. completely fucked you know it, it's such an impactful <laughs> moment you know when the circle the pool is closing and you just have it like close on Doctor Strange's face and you have oh. really dramatic music I felt like oh you're betraying your mate here and he's gonna come back for not revenge but you know team backing up his mates there yeah it it was such a great little moment but Doctor Strange speaking about the lizards and whatever and that ridiculous plot I've noticed the main criticism of this film and I guess you kind of touched upon it before when you introduced this segment uh, is the criticism is Doctor Strange's involvement and of course you needed some way of you know casting a spell uh, so naturally Doctor Strange is your guy and I do like the jokes about you know blip him for five years when he first uh, became acquainted again that was a great little moment but um again it's like when he's doing the spell why doesn't he take the time to have a conversation with peter about what he actually wants why does he start the spell and then say nice knowing you peter like at the end we have this like really impactful quote-unquote impactful scene that's meant to be impactful i suppose where he says oh, i don't want to lose you peter but then i he think doesn't he's say that. you, you <laughs> bastard <I'm> strange <laughs> yeah it's like he's just trapped him right he's trapped him for the whole film and then suddenly he doesn't want to forget Peter or whatever and Uh, then at the start mm. he is fine to lose Peter because he is so dismissive and I thought there was like when uh, Doctor Strange came back and he saw the three Peters fighting and he had that like astonishment you know vibe I was like okay so it would make sense if he kept that going but then in the very next scene at the end he gets angry at peter again and i just think 
So there's no development at all. You were astonished, but now you're angry again. But now you're sad for some reason. But then there's no reason why you should be sad because you were so you rushed into it so much at the start. And that's my main problem with this film is trying to be emotional at the end by doing something it should have done at the start. But if it had done it at the start, it wouldn't be as impactful. Do you get what I mean? And this isn't just me. This isn't just an opinion of mine. It's, it's something I've noticed on um, like TikTok, and I know TikTok's not oh, a yes. movie review inside. But there's a scene. Uh, this is really yeah. funny TikTok actually. It was like a uh, Doctor Strange, the from the Doctor Strange movie. You know, practicing the hand movements for years to get you know acquainted with his powers and then there's this really hard cut and really loud music starts blasting of ned's doing it and then it's like ned's tingles and it's like this guy's practiced for years this guy has tingles merge that together what and you know you know that was funny and then i looked through the comments and then it literally just slated this film and what the main problem was Doctor Strange motivations in this movie and I agree and that's why my score was so low and that's why it was a 2.5 when I originally watched it because I just thought I could see what they're trying to go with and I still do agree with that to an extent again I haven't seen the end again so I may have misinterpreted it the first time without you know the first uh, 10 minute knowledge but you know it felt very bait to me that they were trying to go to the emotional route (laughs) but then that had no weight at the start go for it I'm good I'm going to back up my boy. I okay. think Doctor Strange is serviceable and I think his story within this film I think it's justified because if you think about it he was he was blind for 5 years he comes back to a world he's not familiar with he's no longer the sorcerer supreme mm. he's kind of like down his luck and he he's met he's talking to Spider-Man who he's perceived to be the guy who saved half the universe with him and he's like yeah I'll do my mate a solid because I want to prove that I've still got it that I've still got the the like the the spark that made me the Sorcerer Supreme so he rushes into the spell and he gets pissed off and then he realizes wait he's just a kid why why was I doing this he's a kid at the end of the day he's dumb that was a good movie and then they have the big and then they have like the whole fight about like him like does now Doctor Strange like shit I've got to clean up my mess so we're just not going to take any risk we're sending all these guys back to their universes because I don't want to get my ass beat by Wong again hmm. and then Spider-Man's like obviously like no we can save them because Spider-Man the other hero and then he comes back and what does he see oh he sees Spider-Man helping them and he's like damn yeah. okay this kid's got some legs but I'm still worried that you know the world's cracking like an egg we might want to we might want to fix something we might want to change that a little bit hmm. and then yeah, obviously yeah. It all goes out. It all goes out of hand when the Green Goblin blows up the box, and then Doctor Strange is just throwing everything at the wall, trying to save the world, basically. Yeah. And then he he sees this kid come back in this like in that moment. He's no longer a kid. He is like not a man. I hate using like that. He's a man now, kind of thing. Mm. But like he's a he's a grown up. He's making a very grown up like I'm sacrificing myself for the world. And then Doctor Strange at that moment's like, wait, no, you're still a kid. You can't. Well. I guess that was my mistake and is now like no this kid's actually responsible and then that's why the whole like he doesn't want to do it and then he does it it's like I, I don't know I, think, I do think it works personally yeah I do think you touched upon it there you know it's like realistic because you know he kind of rushes into it and then it goes wrong and then he comes to terms with what he was doing because he was like oh yeah you're a friend uh, call me what's his name Simon no um, 
Doctor Strange's Steven. first name. Stephen, of course. It's like, call me Stephen. And then it goes wrong. And then he says, no, call me Sir. And then he gives, you know, the heart to heart about, oh, you are only a kid after all. And it, it kind of brings it down to earth again. And it's like, whenever you have an argument with someone, you know, you say stuff that you regret. And that's what Doctor Strange kind of did because he said something. And he's like, oh, I regret saying this, but it's the truth. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah I, I get your point, but I just think again like the parallel with the ends i like i'm not uh, saying his appearance isn't justified i'm just saying it did feel a bit bait at the end but again i have to rewatch it all the way through to kind of have a strong opinion on that again but you know that's the first things first first opinion i'll probably change my opinion maybe <laughs> we'll see but um speaking of dr octavius and the green goblin what do you think of like the bridge scene and like the reintroduction because i thought it was awesome personally like having so much time with uh, dr octavian like a whole five ten minute segment and then as we think all normality is resumed the green goblin balls come in <laughs> i can't believe i said the green goblin's balls oh, but the balls the of balls. the green Go- no that's no better the, the balls roll in and the pumpkin bombs <laughs> pumpkin bombs is that what they're called they're yeah, pumpkin bombs they're pumpkin bombs I, I prefer to call them green goblin spools <laughs> that came on the bridge <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I love that scene I love that scene favourite yeah. scene really oh the ball's rolling in oh the ball's coming oh no it's such Gobby's a great coming movie. yeah and I love you know the nanotech like uh taking over Dr. Octavius you know tentacles or whatever I love the octopus joke and May makes later in the film water salt because you're an octopus (laughs) yeah alright that just just, just water I'll tell you what though I don't think the CGI of the Green Goblin was it didn't look you know advanced like it felt very retro you know what i mean it felt like they were trying to go for the original aesthetic that they didn't really update anything with them see yeah like i don't mind them doing that for goblin but what does really piss me off is um doc ock's legs because in the original one for the most part it was practical and you can tell that like you can tell in like spider-man 2 like the arms are there and they're very like grand like obviously there is some like uh, CGI touch-ups here and there to do the more intricate things but like for the majority of it it was like these big ass arms at like 12 well probably not 12 like two people I think it's like two and then yeah and then this one is like yep yeah, okay CGI everything and it's like yeah it does the job but it just doesn't have the same kind of punch it did and for Green yeah. Goblin I, I thought it was okay because that's what he was like in the Spider-Man 1 he was very exactly. the CGI was a bit janky but hey that's the charm of the original Spider-Man is that it was a bit janky at points. Dr. Octavius uh, was in Spider-Man 2, right? And then Green Goblin was in 1. I just want to kind of yes. recall. Okay, yeah, carry on. Sorry. So, yeah, the bridge scene, I think, was a really good introduction to Dr. Octavius. And for people like me, or <laughs> just people, big Spider-Man fans, yeah. the moment like he comes out and he goes, where's my machine? You're like, oh, I know exactly what point he's been pulled from. <laughs> like, he's been pulled... And then when he's like, does the whole the power of the sun in my palm, my hands, I was like, oh, okay, we're doing some, okay, we're doing a, mm, yeah, bring it back, baby. We're, we're doing some lines. We've we got some bangers going here. What's and the, then, um, like, the, oh, sorry, but was there like an explanation as to why they were pulled like directly before their deaths? Or was that just a uh, thing that happened? I don't think so. 
I right. think it was just kind of like wacky, just uh, ooh, woo, yeah, we just kind of did it. Explanation, yeah. And I think, but, yeah, go on. <laughs> have you seen that really funny um, Greg Gilblum edit of like when he gets sent back to his time when he's good, and then it just cuts back to the moment he gets impaled in Spider Man? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I it's have, just like, I have, yeah. <laughs> so it's just, oh, this <laughs> is the funniest shit I've ever seen. Wait, so like, he's just, Purity gets cured, and then just. Oh. Yeah, because this whole film, well, not the whole film, but the whole plot, really, is, you know, Peter helping uh, these villains. And I guess there's there are some really nice, you know, righteous speeches from Aunt May to Peter in this film. And I do think it's, like, some timely messages about, you know, uh, if you send them back. And the instantly what I thought is, you know, refugees. Like, if you send them back with their problems it's like helping them or it's like helping you and I thought you know tell that to Boris Johnson maybe that's in that respect political <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am making this political but you know it, it, it's so on the nose that it's so obvious that's what they were doing you know what I mean it was definitely that yeah um, and my original point I have no idea yeah so please take so, me so putting back to the bridge and Fuck Boris the Johnson. whole like like the yeah man <laughs> the whole fight passports. between Spider-Man blue passports I like to make things um just had a wank it's my Streaks. red bosses <laughs> yesterday um, we had a piece of cheese and it was very good <laughs> I love that game. okay come on bring it back boys yes bring it back so the fight was very nice and there was I love the um bit when um Doc Hawk says um you and your little girlfriend because obviously in his world that was Mary Jane yeah played by Kristen Dunst I think and then like his arms come out and then Doctor Strange uh, not Doctor Strange Doc Ock goes huh we got a competition I was like oh I love that that's, that's a bit of Doctor like, that's Doctor Octavius mm. it's just that like little like little jabs and little jokes he makes yeah. and then obviously the like thwarting of him was alright I found it a bit too easy mm. yeah but then again I, I do respect how much Doc, Doc, Doc I keep saying I keep going to say Doctor Strange and then going Doctor <laughs> Doc Ock. <laughs> yeah. I do respect how they made Doc Ock actually stand a chance against Spider-Man in this film because I was mm. dreading that because there were so many villains that all the villains were going to be pushovers. Yeah. But I like that like he actually gave him a run for his money for a good half of that fight. Like half the fight was just him running away mm. from Doc Ock because he was flinging cars like a madman. Yeah. And then obviously when he's got the university lady out the car and, all that, and then you see the goblin orb and you hear the laughter I was like oh here comes the best MCU villain of all time and then it cuts immediately and I was like oh they know what they're doing the cheeky, the cheeky cunts they know what they're doing they're keeping him out of my they're keeping him out of my reach I just want to yeah. and then there's a scene where you know William Defoe's character the green goblin what's the human's name again or is it legit Green Goblin? Norman, Os- Norman Osborn. Oh, no- oh okay. Uh, yeah, because I was thinking... Not Os- Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn's dead. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, right? And I was thinking, imagine if they Harry. brought back that Green Goblin. Oh, I'd kill I would, I would actually end it all, because yeah. oh, he was horrible. Even Spider-Man, that film, have you seen the, like, the, just the clip of um, Andrew Carfield looking at me and he goes, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like... He couldn't act to save his life. It was what the dreadful. fuck? Hey, Peter. It awkwardly breathes for five minutes, and then it's like, okay, Green Goblin. <laughs> I, it must but, be oh. feel really bad to be like one of the recurrent, not recurrent, but you know, main-ish characters from these movies, but not be brought back. They, I, I saw a thing that was like originally they wanted to also bring back Venom from Spider-Man Three. Yeah, 
which thank god they didn't they wanted to bring in wolverine and magneto okay and i think they wanted to bring back that green goblin but like obviously yeah. having like twenty thousand, yeah, the other one, but having like twenty thousand characters in this film would be a bit much, maybe. Yeah. So they were like, "We'll just do the good ones." And you I imagine they provide the fucking rhino. Oh yeah, just just for one of them to be back as bad because you know, <laughs> just just to be the end credit scene again. It's just to be the last five minutes of the film. He's just like, "You're yeah, Spider-Man." Yeah, why the hell did rhino even turn up in that film? Is like, that so <laughs> random? They ended the film the exact same way you made. If Spider-Man 2 ended, I would have actually really respected yeah. it. Like, uh, you could literally just end the film with, you know, Andrew Garfield jumping out the window. That sounds very sinister, but, you know, he's Spider-Man, so of course he can swing. Bloody yeah, so he didn't jump to the window out of his set and then end the film there. No, they could have just, like, because um, I think it Aunt May dies or something like that at the end of... Uh, um, what happens at the end? Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy dies. Stacy dies, should I say. Uh, she dies. She's sad. And then he... Yeah, well... And then he goes out the window yeah. and they could end the film there. But then they just kept it going for an extra 10 minutes with the rhino stuff. And I thought, what the... I didn't mind the kid stuff. I like the, I like the bit where he goes to the kid. He's like, thanks for doing my job. I was like, oh, that's sweet. That's, yeah, that's Spider-Man. Because you think the kid's going to die. Whatever. Well, I didn't think... That, I, I, no, not for a chance. I think that the amazing Spider-Man 2 was going to have the balls to actually kill off a kid. Like, I, I was like, yeah, this kid's not dying, but just that little hot tart was like and it's the same kid he made the windmill for yeah and I was like well not maybe like fixed it for and I was like oh, it's like little little touch like that that's what I really liked about Andrew Garfield Spider-Man was like the little human touches like when he's trying to remember Electro's name like Max and he's like ma, oh, ma, 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 Max yeah, yeah I do I know your name I know your name yeah Max yeah that was like that was just like and just like he's like when he picks up his blueprint like he's in the middle of the heist and he picks up his blueprints gives them to him and he's just like oh keep the good work up Max and he fixes his hair and I was like that's Spider-Man yeah and he's <laughs> just says, oh, a nice you dude me. Uh, but yeah but, I, w- I watched this on like January 1st right and that was like two weeks after this film came out yeah ish and I went to the cinema watched it 1st of January and um, I guess by that point everyone knew the leaks or whatever because it was such a dead cinema screening i think we were going to mention this like how what was your cinema screening like did they because you watched this only a few days after it came out right was it really impactful like the audience there was no like screaming or clapping and obviously there was the occasion like <gasps> yeah but when i went to see it for the second time there was like this couple in the front row and that every time uh any of the like um every time peter or andrew came on or whatever they made a reference there was like these two like dressed up in spider-man suits and they were, like oh, giggled okay. themselves or like oh, it, was, it, was nice. quite, it was it was quite cute actually they were just like a couple just sat there and it was like oh, that's him i was like oh they're obviously older than me but i don't know they was just found that kind of cute so i was like oh that's yeah. nice you that's a nice healthy relationships they're in costumes yeah <laughs> The cinema wasn't packed, but that might just be because I went to really weird times. Ah, okay. And I was also in the director's lounge, not to flex again. But yeah. When I, I do know was... you, I do think, Phil, you do look like a director, you know. Oh, yeah. I, was, I don't know how the fuck I thought I'd have... I thought I was just, yeah, I'll go at like 10 to 9. And then it was just, why is this one so much... It's more expensive than the other. Oh, it's probably fine. I turn up there like, oh, yeah, you're in the director's lounge. I was like, wait, what? Oh, nice. <laughs> Oh, yeah. nice velvet, velvet suit. A bar oh, before I ended. Oh. Don't. <laughs> don't. I'll have to go to oh, the next time there before. Treated with royalty. Was the queen there uh, any, by any chance? Or, yeah, she was right next to me. Good old Lizzie. Even better, Prince Andrew. 
We 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 exchange snaps. We, we yeah, exchange snaps with Prince Andrew. Nice. Got his memo. But the the original point why I brought this up because uh, the my cinema was dead. But the only moment, and because we were on the point about William Defoe earlier, and the Green Goblin. What a man! Th- this uh, couple, actually, the woman of the couple. Yes, it was a man and a woman. The woman, uh, like gasped when William Defoe, you know, was unmasked and he was just there, you know, the scene with Aunt May and he's like, Oh, it's him and then everyone on like on my on her side and my side of the cinema kinda of just looked at her. It's like uh, why are you excited about this? And I was like, it's fun. Just let her have that little moment. Because I was like, no one cared about, you know, Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire coming back. Because I suppose of the leaks. So they already knew what was coming. Uh, but she... Return of Norman Osborn. <laughs> yeah, for, for some reason she was just... I guess it's not to do with Spider-Man. I guess she just, like, knew the actor from other stuff. And she was like, oh my God, it's William Dafoe. I love his stuff or whatever. I suppose it's like that reaction. Oh, William Dafoe than, is a great actor. Oh, he's fantastic. And the fact that he kind of just slowed back into his role so seamlessly, it's like the moment that uh, Spider-Man gets oh, to his senses and then boom, he's back into character. I, think, I was going to say, damn. should we talk about William Defoe? Should we talk about Green Goblin? Because <laughs> I think yes. this is a whole section because Jesus Christ. <laughs> like he portrayed, the, not the illness, but you know, the paranoia so well in that scene with Ant May and uh, Tom Holland like you could really get behind him and then when he made that shift to Green Goblin they were like two different entities and my god he was so manic you know when Tom was giving it his all like punching him when he's got his legs around his head and whatever and then you know the Green Goblin just keeps looking back at him laughing I just thought what a fantastic performance from William Defoe. And again, I think uh, you mentioned it in our Far From Home performance. Uh, <laughs> Far From Home performance. No, in our No Way Home, Far From Home review, you said Tom Holland's best performance is in this film, No Way Home. And I have to agree. Like, William Defoe and Tom Holland sharing a scene was magnificent to watch. This is like, and everything they got with the villains, like, this is more just touching all the villains, but they got all the villains so right. Yeah. Because that was another big worry going into this one. I thought they're going to, because Doc Hawk in the trailer, you didn't really know what his whole deal was other than he might be the baddie. Mm. And I was very pissed off because I thought they were taking him from at the end of Spider Man 2, like before he actually drowns when he was still good, when he was still a good guy. And I was really annoyed that they were going to retcon that and just make him the baddie. Yeah. And I was so happy to find out that it was before he turned good. And yeah. because otherwise that would have really pissed me off. Hmm. But seeing Green Goblin back on this big, the big screen and growing up watching Spider-Man 1 and 2 religiously, seeing those two characters back in action with the same actors was just Bro, unbelievable. I, I, I was thinking you were implying that you were old enough to watch it when they come out there. And I was like, bloody hell, <laughs> no. I'm not that old. Uh, I'm not that old, but God, and this, the first scene you see, like, properly with Norman and Green Goblin is when he's talking to the mask, and that is, like, not shot for shot, but, like, it is basically Spider-Man 1. Like, that exact scene happens. Like, the the heart, Osborn, first we get the heart. And, like, mm. and then he breaks the mask, which is a good choice, you know, get rid of the mask early because it wasn't the best in Spider-Man. I, I have a soft spot for it, but it really let... Good decision because it let you see William Defoe's face. Exactly. And, God damn, this is, did he have a hell of a time. 
And it's cool to like establish that the mask wasn't, you know, what was controlling him. Because even without the mask, yeah. still it was like this sense of overpowerment was still there, you know. And yeah, like there's like, and oh, it's, it's, it's really hard to put into words because William Defoe in this and Green Goblin is just makes this film what why it's one of my but why it's my favorite Spider-Man film. Yeah, it's because they just got they get the villains so right. And even like Doc Ock, I still prefer. I think I prefer Spider-Man Two just because he has a bit more to play with. Yeah, I and in this one, he's kind of watered down a little bit. But still, like he's still good. He has the power of the sun, and when he talks to Toby, that's a very nice moment. Like, Peter, you're all grown up. And then he says, "Not the um, what does he say? He says, how are you?'" And then Peter goes, "Try and be better." That is what Peter says in Spider-Man Two to Doc Ock okay. yeah. and then he's like how's that going and, he went, and then Peter Parker turned around and went trying to do better Yeah, and it's just like that little moment where he says the exact same response and then the smirk oh, it's just so nice seeing those two back in the screen and don't get me wrong the lizard Sandman are the worst it was nice to see him there though it was nice to see him there like they kind of got Sandman a little bit wrong in my opinion they got him a bit too much well because I get the whole like he wants to go back to see his daughter thing Mm. and obviously he was in that sand state for almost the whole film because the actor didn't come back Yeah, which is fair enough you had to get around it but it still kind of lessened him as a character I think this is an appropriate time to bring up those polls because I do want to talk about you know Peter Parker Spider-Man and oh yeah I thought that was going to be like an end thing because damn (laughs) we got some Spider-Man it is gonna be tough but um yeah so as i'm getting up the polls i'll ask you the same question that i asked twitter uh who is your favorite spider-man i'll ask your peer parker later but spider-man who's your favorite spider-man i guess andrew garfield you see i'd agree but again i think with peer parker you're gonna say toby aren't you toby mcguire <laughs> right so it's hard, so harsh to say Tom Holland is neither the best Spider-Man or nor should I say nor the best Peter Parker because he is so excellent in both roles and I think he I think he's the best of both worlds but then it would be unfair to the other two to say oh no he is the best Spider-Man he is the best Peter Parker because to me I think Tom Holland is the best at both but equally if we take Tom out of the equation I would definitely say Toby's the best Peter Parker and um Andrew's the best Spider-Man but equally if I do say that I miss out Tom Holland and he's so good so I think Tom Holland Holland now has the potential I think Tom Holland now has the potential to be the best Spider-Man and the best Peter Parker yeah like if they continue what this film was doing then he is most likely going to be the best yeah as long as they keep this going because thing with Andrew yeah his Peter Parker was too cool dreadful like he had a skateboard that's not Cool. That's not Peter Parker. Yeah, but a Spider-Man was Spider-Man. He was just Spider-Man. Yeah, and it's like, not just you know the web, you know, swinging and whatever. It's actually you know the character's motivations. What does he do with his? He's know, got the worst, Spider-Man. best web swinging. Yeah, <laughs> like let's be real. Yeah, his yeah, web swinging is I, so I flawless. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Toby's. That's the thing with Toby is that his Peter Parker was nice and grounded and was a nerd above all else. But his Spider-Man was weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, there were nice moments. Like, like the whole, go Spidey, go. And, like, when he goes in to save the kid. 
and well who he thinks is like the old woman in the burning building yes like that's like nice spider-man moments for him but then you also have like the weird moments of like um him talking to mj and him trying to kill flint marco which made sense for the plot it made sense for the um oh it made uh, sense for the symbiotes it made me want to die it's just yeah emo parker let's just not go it's there but <laughs> dreadful and then people then, say oh it's justified by the funny dancing on it and i just think fuck off it's funny like i still yeah. love spider-man 3 but that's well, just because i've cool. grown up with it so i've grown up to love it yeah but like i can admit like if i look at it objectively i'm like yeah this is not a good film but me personally i love it yeah. just because it is so fucking weird <laughs> yeah but to reflect your thoughts kind of toby's spider-man is actually losing the poll well, has lost the poll, should I say past tense? Because 36 votes, uh, 27.8% said Toby, 30.6% said Andrew, and 41.7% said Tom as the best Spider-Man. See, yeah, like in this film, he really shines as both Peter Parker and Spider-Man, but I just think he needs a one or two more films to really like set himself, because in Homecoming, in no way, uh, far from home, we talked about it and we said, like, oh, it's good. Like, he does a very good job. Yeah. Bordering on, like, a great job. But in this one, he does an amazing, great job. He is the amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> but, bloody hell, that was a burp, excuse me. He join is... The yeah, join the, join the burp club. <laughs> he is an amazing Peter Parker and Spider-Man. But I think if he continues like this for a whole next film, or even, like, the next trilogy, I think he will be the best. Unless they give... Garfield some more films and then Garfield completely wipes the floor with him <laughs> but um that got 36 votes and the poll with about uh Peter Parker got 14 votes so about half just less than half and Toby by far won with 57.1% uh Andrew got 7.1% <laughs> and yep. Tom got 35.7% so it's very respectable uh, but yeah Toby is the best Peter Parker according to some Twitter people he balances it so well and when people say oh it's the best middle ground like what do you mean by middle ground what's the middle ground up you said the same in the old review so what did you mean by like tom is the best middle ground what would you say elaborate for me like enlighten me oh god you made me speaking for a whole nation here um (laughs) so well imagine like this if i was to watch for me at least if i was to watch a spider-man film i'd rather andrew garfield do it if I was to watch a Peter Parker film, I'd rather Tobey Maguire do it. But if I had to watch one with both of them, I'd probably pick Tom because he can handle both of them. Whereas the other exactly. ones specialize, the other ones specialize in one. Whereas Tom can balance. Does that make more sense? But you wouldn't say so. He can balance more, but he's not the best at their respective things. Yeah. So like, let's give it a really weird analogy. Imagine. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man has make a diagram uh, put this to graphics on YouTube no uh, <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man's got three blocks and his Peter Parker's got one now imagine Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker has three blocks and his Spider-Man's got one block now Tom has two blocks both on Peter Parker and Spider-Man <laughs> does that make sense <laughs> <laughs> yes, sure. I'm not doing the graphics because it needs to come do the, tomorrow. I'll, I'll draw the graphics for you tonight and I'll send them to you. So Thank you. you. I'll do that. Because it's an I abomination. Think, blame for <laughs> I think you'll look really good. Right. I think this is going to look smashing. Nice. So if you want Spotify, Apple, Google, go over to YouTube just for... Just, 
<laughs> this is my, this is, can you tweet out my illustrations? <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, just no context, just the picture. Uh, just the picture, no text. Just the okay, picture, sure. no text. Sure. <laughs> this is so funny to me. Uh, so, I guess we have to talk about it. When Andrew and Toby come into the film, did you cream your pants when uh, Andrew came in? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I love when Zaya chucks that bread at him. Don't throw the bread. <laughs> not the bread. Not again. Yeah, that's not enough. This is enough. And uh, yeah, like Andrew's performance in this one. Like, let's just do them one at a time because, yeah. like, Andrew's performance in this one is his best out of any of his Spider-Man films. It's like the way he talks there, and yeah, the way he talks about Gwen, of like how he lost somebody, and you can still see that it's still tearing him up inside and when whereas like with MJ, wow oh that they're so clean of a moment and so yeah. so deserved mm. like damn that was he needed that is the thing yeah and like because with toby he's like he's at that stage in his life now where he's accepted what uncle ben's done in the third one he kind of got that resolution of like what he's done and that he's got to move on whereas they left andrew at a point where it's like no this is his fault that gwen died and nothing's gonna change that and then they just didn't end that story off for him. And in this one, they come back to it. And when he talks about um, going down like a dark path and he's, and the moment he's like, um, oh, when I stop pulling my punches, I was yeah. like, no, no, not that's no, not, no, Andrew, no. Because it's so sad seeing like who was probably the most bubbly Spider-Man talk about how he went down this path of like vengeance and hate. And it was so hard to hear. And then when he's, uh, it's just a, a phenomenal performance, honestly, in this film. Agreed, and it's so much better than in his own two films. And he was yeah. so good for the moments you, you haven't said. seen Tick Tick Boom, have you? I started it and then I stopped and I regret it. I, yeah, say so Tick Tick Boom, I love it. Yeah. Probably one of my my favorite, one of it's my favorite films busy, of last year. I do have to watch it properly. Have you seen Hacksaw Ridge? I haven't seen Andrew in anything else except from the oh, two parter. Hacks. Hacksaw Ridge is so it's a war film I'm in my hair now no, no, it's a war on, film I do have to go in 20 minutes time and we do have to do audience interaction and conclusions and whatnot. watch Hacksaw Ridge okay I will go okay um, that's Andrew Toby okay Toby so Toby I don't um, really have an opinion uh, except for my echoing you I heard the I, I heard the actor say that he didn't want to talk too much about his Peter in the film like they, he didn't want the film to dwell too much on him that he okay. wanted it to be about tom which i respect heavily yeah that toby was like like the grown-up of like yeah i'm i'm here for the fan wank but this is tom's film yeah i don't want too much of my story being there. and when he came back he was lovely he's such a nice guy i just think toby's a, like a nice guy hmm. and this is where i find out he like fucking killed his wife or something wait what um, <laughs> oh no i didn't take the piss off thank god before i say anything is is toby quite a nice guy controversy um disclaimer joke it's like there's so much chemistry on screen and it's yeah. it's just a delight to see them even at the end when they when toby when toby stands in front of um and uh tom to stop him from killing goblin and then he gets stabbed himself uh, and then uh, i was just say that's such a like a beautiful and empowering moment and then it's yeah. cut to him going you're in a lot of pain aren't you yep <laughs> <laughs> i do wonder why that scene went on for so long because there was such a like a long pan of like toby and i get it was meant to be impactful but it went on for like 20 30 seconds and i thought you know you know get to the point and then it got stabbed and i was like I okay think, that build up was kind of worth it but i think it's because he's trying because 
the thing is with Toby, he has a track record of killing, not directly, but he most of his villains die. Right. <laughs> okay, that's that's as much like a waffle on fire. Oh, that was a good time to come back then. <laughs> 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 I, I was on a really good oh, man. I went on a bit of a rant. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, well, I, I trust that you did a good job about it. Um, oh, you're you're here. I did a great job. Great, but we did talk about the ends, and we do have to go in. Well, I have to go shortly because I do well, have I base, work well, very early tomorrow morning. So uh, I basically just summed up the ending. Thank God for that. So I didn't talk about the portals. I talked about when Green Goblin doesn't die. We don't care about the portals. We just care about you know the hand thing and like how did he know? Wait, how to do it in tingles? This the suits. Wait, the suits. Oh, you're taking Fuck. a kiss. Uh, okay, <laughs> black and white, blue, blue and white. Blue and red from the black and red. Fuck, kill me. Black and red from. Still good. Still good. It's still good. When he gets the upgrade from the Iron Spider suit, that's a really nice moment. But fucking, just get rid of it. Thank God they've gotten rid of it at this point. But his new suit, damn boy, is it ever gorgeous? It's so nice. Like finally a Spider-Man suit in the MCU that looks like a spider-man suit 100 yes. percent. and when he's slipping around at the end i just want to see more of the suit honestly i was say i was like come on keep this going for like 20 minutes like i i got i got time <laughs> okay are you done my, my suit trilogy like <laughs> suit trilogy. <laughs> the suit trilogy i do want to mention andrew garfield's suit is gorgeous oh yeah andrew had the best like Underrated. best suit of all the spider-man well spider-man honestly, is spider-man yeah, i wouldn't disagree to be honest with you yeah Oh, is it just Spider-Man? Anyway. Right. Anger of interaction. I should probably get the Twitter ones up. Do you want to waffle for an extra 30 seconds? Man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Bowser 494 open bracket backup close bracket at Mario Bowser 494 dash January 19th. Yes, it's been 10 days since you come here. That We've been slacking, Phil. We've been slacking. We've been slacking. Uh, but he said, absolutely phenomenal in every way. My favorite non-Avengers movie, even though Winter Soldier is still great, in brackets, and maybe because it came out just now, but I don't care. Uh, he said, the villains are great, although William, <laughs> I, I think he spelled the fair wrong, uh, gets more credit for that. Spoilers below. I mean, if people are reading past this point, they're going to want the spoilers. But he said, uh, seeing the three Spider-Men is just the greatest feeling ever, especially because I grew up with all of them. I mostly grew up with Garfield, though. Honestly, think that Garfield's, what, the animated cat? <laughs> no, Andrew Garfield, of course. Uh, was the best of the three, but I'm not surprised because after rewatch the amazing Spider-Man films, he's a fantastic actor. I would beg to disagree, especially after Amazing Spider-Man one. But I know you do like that one that you think is underrated, as you said to me in a letterbox reply. Okay, and then he said, "Anime's death was so impactful on the ending, whilst having a few plot holes at first glance, is still really well done. Overall, I just adore it. Ten out of ten. Here is my full review. Uh, sort of plug. I will not link it. So yeah, if you guys want to check it out, Mario bowser 494 search it up on youtube and then the name that you loved last time feel multiverse of mikeness said 
I'd love to know if anyone had the experience when my screen legitimately cheered and clapped when Garfield and Maguire appeared. I think um, we watched a few days and weeks after, and then Michael literally watched on um, premiere day. So that makes sense that they were, you know, hyped. I would have loved to see on opening day, but, uh, you know, COVID stuff. And then I, uh, I was encouraged not to go because of whatever the cases, whatever. Uh, but he says, in terms of the actual review for the movie, he said, perfection for a Spidey fanboy like me. Did everything necessary to undo the unrecognizable MCU Parker and fully make him the character I know and love at last. Uh, done expertly by the use of previous cinematic Spider-Man and their Spider-Men, should I say, and their villains to show what the character should be. Uh, he continued with Doc Ock and Goblin are outstanding, even divorced from the nostalgia, though that's cool. It was surprising how much and well and how well the other Spider-Men were used. And actually made sense to the story. I agree. Uh, Doctor Strange was window dressing. But he's in the next movie. So we'll allow it 10 out of 10. I am really intrigued to know how. Because of course I did like the blip joke. That um, Doctor Strange had at the start of the film. About the main sorcerer and whatever. And I was like yeah. It'd be nice to see how Doctor Strange is doing. Like after the whole uh, events of Endgame and whatnot. So are you happy to see that film? And of course, Ray is coming back. Uh, yeah, I, I really hated the trailer being the end credit scene, but I am looking forward to the multiverse of madness. Oh, was the trailer the post credits? Yeah, it really pissed me off because I waited the whole time. And it was just a fucking trailer. <laughs> was it at least a new trailer that you hadn't seen before? Well, they released the trailer onto YouTube like a week afterwards. Oh, uh, okay. So it was. Kind of, I th- I think it was a waste, but. Hmm. Yeah. They could have like they could have done something more clever with it, but no. <laughs> Probably a bit of a rush, COVID restrictions, I guess. I don't know. Um but yeah, this is gonna be very one way traffic with few exceptions. But here's the letterbox scores anyway. Michael Wall said four star, Gabe said four star, Mario Bowser four nine four said five star, Cracker the Geek gave it four point five, it's been super gay four star, Jodie Khan gave four and a half, Helis Gave three. Bigfoot Anon gave four and a half. George Papant gave four and a half. Harry Memory gave it a four. Uh, Cole gave it a four. Dan Z1 gave it a 2.5. Jack Burton gave it a four. Jack Burton, one, two, three, four, should I say? Uh, 3.5. Theodore Stokes gave it a. Do you want to do the uh, rendition of the <clears throat> sound effects this time, Theo? Make one uh, up on the spot. Duh. That just sounded like you're giving head or something. <laughs> okay. I'm s- okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So went from uh, to yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to escape. Uh, Joe Ellis gave it a five. Marvel Man gave it a five. Ben gave it a four. Anik Vanik Designs gave it a five. And Matt Hall, also known as Matt Whelan, gave it a five star. Nice. Theo, do you want to lead us in to the schools and conclusions? After right. So. But yeah, there we go. Go for it. <laughs> My overall conclusion of the film is amazing, phenomenal acting, great comedy, good heart and emotion. Definitely wouldn't be as good if it wasn't with the other Spider-Man films, but with the assistance of Raimi and the web universe, this makes it the best Spider-Man film, in my opinion. 
it might change when I rewatch the movie films, but as of now, it is my favorite Spider-Man film. I give it a five out of five. Woo! I'm intrigued to know, is this your first five out of five you've given on this channel since you joined? Yes. Wow, it's a bigger moment for you then. Woo, get the party streamers, play the sound clip from Five Nights at Freddy's. Let's go. Yay. Uh, as for me, knock a point off and you go on my score. And that's that. It's a full star from me. So that comes to a 4.5 out of 5 average, which I'm not going to dispute. Um, unlike you, it's not my favourite Spider-Man film, even though it is jointly scored with my favourite Spider-Man film. I still think, again, I'd have to rewatch it, to be honest with you, but Spider-Man 1 is such a great, great film. So, you know, this is on par. It'll be interesting to see how it holds up on the rewatch. Uh, but that feel... William Stokes uh, wraps up our review of the Holland trilogy. It's been ages since we started the trilogy in terms of watching and reviewing it, but now we finally come to a close until we do it all over again next month for Indiana Bloody Jones. Great. I fucking love Indiana Jones. Uh, but yeah, this is the exception of these franchise reviews. We're not going to be doing like three, four, five, or even seven or eight hour blockbusters. Uh, that's not happening. But, you know, Fear said to join a hard home review. Make this long. And I was like, all right, then get the lube. But no, <laughs> no, I was like, <laughs> no, but I should make the review long. And I was like, you know, well, sure. So we spend more time so I could be more flexible with the edit. And yeah, so it's come to three hours, hopefully on the dot. But we've been recording this for two hours pretty much. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if I can cut it down to one hour or two minutes, which I would need to get down to three hours dead on. But yeah, that's the plan. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next month with a special guest who is meant to be with us for this trilogy. Uh, Jamie, Mario Bowser 494, regularly mentioned, uh, regularly thinks Theo's opinions are shit. I can't confess. He, he said he pulled his hair out to our Home Alone review because of him. <laughs> well, we're going to throw hands. <laughs> yes, you are. I, I look Good. forward to that. Uh, but yeah, see you guys next month for a review of the Indiana Jones trilogy and our residential singer of the podcast, Phil is now going to sing the Indiana Jones theme tune. Go, Phil. See you next time. See you in a month. Yep. A month. 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 Okay, goodbye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>